Darren, what the hell was that? Okay, we'll begin anyway. Switches oh, back. Right Switches back. Oh. Hello, everyone. It's Frank and Darren of the Slaughterland Movie Podcast. How are you, Darren? Merry Christmas. It's early, but we're going to say it anyway. Merry Christmas. Yeah, How Merry is everybody? Christmas. I'm, I'm good. And for the first time this week, I've, it actually feels like Christmas to me. This weekend's been great. It's got really cold. There's frost outside. I've been wandering around the streets where there's people drinking mulled wine and 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 the bars are full. Mulled wine drinking outside. You mean they're just going up and down the street just drinking? Yeah, it's kind of a festive thing around here. So mm. no, it's 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 finally feeling like Christmas, which is really good. And it's kind Christmas of flashing, right? Is it going on yeah. as well? <laughs> Not none of that. It's too cold. Oh. Jesus okay. Christ. <laughs> Yeah, chap could lose his bearings in weather like this. <laughs> <laughs> How's everyone out there? We see uh, Destiny's here, Flett's here, Tom Atkins' ass is always here. That's my mistletoe. Uh, Richard's here, Maga's here, Geeked Out Turtle Fan is here, Nick's here, Rosie's here, uh, Shaman, how you doing, man? Uh, Jet's here, Chester's here, uh, Fishing with Fishgull is here. Uh, I think I see Miss Carter's here. Cody's here. Death Punch is here. We're all here. Michael. We're Strong. all here. Only one Tom Chris Atkins is here. Yeah. Tom Atkins asks, is that somebody we knew before that's changed their name, or is that a new uh, subscriber we've got? I know he's been on a few streams recently, but he's I got, You of, know what, Darren? I, how about you ask him? Tell us. Is this Kevin Bacon's <laughs> boner that's retitled his, you know, his channel or something? Gaz um, is here. Sit and Spin's here. <laughs> Brandon Collins is here. Destiny. We're all here. We're all here. We're all we have here. a few shout here. outs to do. Please Frank. do. Please do. I've because been, do, we, I've been we putting wanna, this off. We want to begin. This, this is a very special episode. So please, let's get yeah. the shout outs out of the way. So let, let, let's get these out of the way. These are long overdue. So we want to thank on the Patreon side of thing, Ryan Burns, Darren Spencer, and Jordan Eldridge for becoming Patreons. And on the YouTube members side of things, we have G14 Classified, Shane Walsh, Mikey Films, Pete, Robert Mario Rush, and Sam Haynes Knight. Thank you mm. all of you for for becoming members to, of, of our channel and, and your contributions and everything are really, really gratefully received. We, you know, it, 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 you keep this channel going. And I know Frank and I haven't delivered very much recently in the ter in terms of the pre-recorded episodes. We've had a few uh, personal issues to deal with uh, recently, but we'll be coming back fairly soon with, with more pre-recorded stuff. And uh, there's going to be some more live stuff as we get towards Christmas as well. So uh, mm. we'll be around. We'll be around. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have two special guests. And what we, this, is, this is fantastic who we have uh, because we right now, all four of us, different nationalities, three different continents, all mm. meeting. It's like the UN of YouTube right now. <laughs> and we get UN. along. Imagine that. 
UN Assemble. Should we bring <laughs> yeah. these guys on? <laughs> Let's bring them on. Let's bring them on. Okay, we've got Dave, who you're all familiar with, and we also That's have... Right. Yeah, we have Dave. We have Dave. We uh, just just move him to the next one. Merry we Christmas, know everyone. <laughs> uh, we're delighted that Cosplay Chris is joining us tonight as well. G'day, hey, Chris. <laughs> How are you doing? Good morning. Hello, Welcome guys. Hello, everyone in the chat. Good so. to see you, Bob. This this has taken a while to kind of pull this together, but we finally got there. And uh, mm. yeah, our favorite Christmas movies, not just horror films. We might nope. add there are some horror films in there, but we are talking Christmas movies in general, and some of them mm-hmm. may be controversial. Some of you may not agree that they're Christmas movies, but what the hell? What if they're Christmas about? movies to you, <laughs> they are Christmas. If you feel mm-hmm. good about a certain movie at Christmas time, and it's not specifically a Christmas film, but it's Christmassy to you, then why not? Mm-hmm. It's going in here. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to piss some of you off, but you know, no, I, gonna, think, I, think, is... I think more people will probably agree with you. <laughs> okay, um, so let, we'll, we'll, we'll get started. Uh, Darren, how are we going to work this? Who's going to go first? Are we going in the order of, of handsomeness? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm so that means Chris, me. you're up first. And you're up. <laughs> what? Shit. What? I, I, I'm last. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's the teeth, Darren. It's the British teeth. I think I put on cologne for this. I have quite Jeez. good teeth for a Brit, but someone's just said I need to adjust my ball uh, balls. There we go. There balls. you go. There oh, we go. We put that, it to the side because that, yeah. your balls were out front <laughs> where they're supposed to be hanging to the side. Yeah. A yeah. little down. Yeah, thanks for that death punch, and thanks for the super <laughs> chat. Actually, shall I just grab these super chats first before we uh, – before we continue. So Absolutely. we have Death Punch mm-hmm. 70. We have Peter Peter Anthony as well has sent in a super chat, sends in nine 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 ninety nine. Thanks, Peter. And says the Christmas fats almost make you both handsome. Oh. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess next Thanks, time Peter. I'll just put a bag over my face. <laughs> and there was one earlier on as well, which I'm just gonna quickly find. Um, I manscaped for this, so this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice <laughs> special occasion. Uh, Matthew Farisi says, "Gonna have to tune in tonight after work. Hope you're all mm-hmm. doing well. Thank you, Matthew. Thank Thanks, you, man. Um, hope you enjoy the show when you get round to it. Um, right, that's all the housekeeping and everything out of the way. So, shall we begin? All right. Let's begin. So, sure. ladies and gentlemen, as Darren said, this is just Christmas movies in general that we love." Uh, probably still love, or for me, it was a childhood memory. Uh, and uh, we're just going to sit and talk about them. They may be some of your favorites as well. Like Darren said, his is controversial, uh, just like none of ours are, the three of us. Uh, but we will begin with Chris. Okay, right, Chris. boys. So my number five. Well, well actually, you know what? Well, actually, we got honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah we, we forgot have. about the honorable mention. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren decided to put some honorable mentions up there that we were surprised about, and we didn't have no <laughs> idea what we were doing, but Darren did. So there's the honorable mention right there. <laughs> Dave, you actually mentioned to us that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was one of your honorable mentions. Tell us yes. about it. I've yes. never seen it. Uh, well, this is a 1964 uh, stop-motion animated cartoon that runs about, I don't know, 60 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. Um, and it was part of a series of uh, produced by, I think, the same same 
production company. I think it was like Rankin and Bass Productions or something like that. And um, and they did like Frosty the Snowman and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And, and these were all sort of stop motion animated Christmas specials that would come on TV in the 60s and the 70s. And um, and they and, and they were like a staple. I mean, maybe not so much over across the pond, but certainly over here in uh, in North America, mm-hmm. uh, they were staples for years and years and years. And and now, of course, it would probably be hard to get kids to watch it because it's it's dated and, you know, it's stop motion animation. If you're maybe two years old, you might find, you know, you might find it really interesting. Um, you can't but- shoot at it. Yeah, <laughs> but this is a uh, just one of those classic, you know, um, American, uh, you know, car, you know, Christmas cartoon Rainful. specials for yeah, yeah. yeah, just from way way back that ran for for years and years um, on television and and uh, every Christmas maybe several times. Um, and I remember as a kid, it's very nostalgic watching it. And it's essentially about, it's the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and how he's, he's, you know, he's outcasted and he, he comes across, I think it's, was it Herbie, Kirby or something like that? Herbie, and yeah. He wants to be a dentist. He wants to be a dentist. That's right. And he's like, and he's outcast as well. Cause he's an elf, right, Frank? Mm-hmm. And yep. he's been outcast as well. So little, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Herbie, the elf that wants to be a dentist, you know, kind of find this bond and they go on this little adventure and there's this, you know, abominable snowman that, that, the you know, bumble. Yeah, that's right. Um, kind of looks oh, like I'm the, missing out. You are you're missing out. It looks like the creature from you know the Empire Strikes Back. Um, but <laughs> it, does. <laughs> it does, it does. But it's so cute because uh, and 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 it because it's stop motion and 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 of course at the end Rudolph is it uh, one you know then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa you know what I mean and and this fog and what are we gonna do and uh, you know Rudolph's red nose is gonna guide us and it's the whole We're thing put headlights on the dare sled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, it's cute. If you've never seen it, I'm sure most of our American audience, maybe if you're a little too young, maybe not, certainly would know about it and certainly know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could have put Frosty on here. I could have oh. put, you know, all, all, all Charlie kinds Brown. of yeah, Charlie Brown, Garfield's Christmas. I love Garfield's Christmas, but I just decided to put this on here because it's a classic sort of Christmas cartoon from the era. Yeah. And aren't we yeah. all, Dave, on the island of misfit toys? We yes. all are. Yes. We are yes, all we are. misfit toys. Yes, we Nobody are. Nobody wants a Johnny in the box. No. <laughs> yeah, you remember <laughs> really well. I haven't watched it in years. Who wants a gun that shoots ink? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Never mind. It's only for me and Dave. There you go. Well, you know it. what Johnny is in the UK. That's That's a bit of protection, isn't it? It is. Oh, <laughs> oh, we call it over here, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, okay. Jeez, um, we're Canada, we don't know what guns are. What uh, else we got on there? We, we got, got our hats Cram- on. <laughs> <laughs> We've uh, Krampus, which Frank and I did a best and worst of last year. Mm-hmm. I had I hadn't seen it until last year, and I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, uh, a good little Christmas um, horror it's film, and. There's a suit for see. you, Chris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> How could you do that? The, I mean, could you do the horns? I mean, they were like, what, it would six? have to be like above my head because he's tall. He's big. Yeah. That mm-hmm. would be fun. Oh, 
<laughs> it's all done with paper mache, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> that's all you do. <laughs> Fix it in post. Um, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, which um, we also did last year, Frank, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We covered it last year, which um, is okay. It's 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 kind of a bit laughable these days, I think, but um, it's, it's one of those kind of uh, infamous Christmas movies. Violent Night, which I haven't seen. Um, I thought I'd put that up there anyway, just because I know a lot of people have seen it and they're going on about how good it is. Um, have you any of you guys seen this yet? I know, Frank, you haven't seen it. No, not yet. I want to see it, though. I'll yeah. wait till it comes on one of those sites yeah. that advertise yeah. single yeah. agents. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gremlins, which a lot of people will probably be disappointed, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't, hasn't made any of our lists. No, it's um, on the honorable mention. That's a list. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Christmas Evil, which we did a watch along with you, Dave, last weekend. We uh, did, yeah. You just, just watched that. The LSD ending. Yeah. I kind of like this film. I have a kind of, you know, I, I think it's, I think it was a little bit ahead of its time mm. when it came out. You I know, think nobody right. had really okay. studied the, the, that kind of spiral into sort of mental depression and, and, and uh, illness before like that mm. in, in, in horror films. And I thought it was interesting. Um, unless, of course, you you know, you're, you're talking Kubrick and The Shining, but um, uh, <laughs> Elf as well. Mm-hmm. Surprising Elf didn't make Elf is still playing in the cinemas at the UK at the moment. Oh, God. It's actually in the top 10. I've, oh, never, um, I've never been able to warm up to it. I don't hate it. I've just never been able to warm up to it. Hmm. Elf. I don't mind I know it. That's I, an I, I do. Opinion. Yeah, I think it's overrated, but um, I do too. Darren, isn't there um, a um, ad campaign at the moment with Will Ferrell in the UK? There is. As Elf, is it him back That's in the costume, right. or are they using? No, they've good? really cleverly cut him out of the movie and put him into this UK TV advert for a supermarket, wow. um, and it works Body really well. It, it's yeah, yeah, it blends in really well, and um, but you can you can tell just by watching it. They've found choice moments of his dialogue and him, and just kind of stuck it in the film and matched it up to the mm. to the people working in the store and stuff. But you know, it works well, and uh, they've done it a few times in the UK at the moment. They've recently done one with um, with Stallone from Rocky oh, for yeah. a betting mm. advert where he's running through the streets in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's really, really well done. Um, but anyway, there just a couple of super chats. We just, I'm frightened of missing these. So Jeff Hill says, hello guys. Good to see all of you. Hey, hey Jeff. How are you hey, doing? Hey Jeff. What's up Jeff? Uh, Cody Snyder says, Merry Christmas, you fucking animals. Merry uh, Christmas, hey, Cody. Cody. <laughs> uh, thank you, Cody. Uh, Good Real Hunting says, Merry Christmas, TSL, Dave, Chris, and everyone. Merry thank Christmas. Thank you very much. Uh, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Brad. That's probably Brett, man. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. And there was one, a couple more. Andrew Stevenson's Merry Early Christmas, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and I think that We're good. was it. That was it. We're good. Okay. Have you ever noticed, uh, sorry to interrupt, I just want to say, what's with Santa Claus and his his preferred weapon being an axe? <laughs> Have you noticed that? That in the Christmas yeah. bloody Christmas you just watched, Darren, yeah. Um, axe. Yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Axe. Christmas yeah. Evil. Axe. I think there's a couple other Santa Claus ones where there's an axe. I think Harbor there has a sledgehammer. And not an he's axe. got a sledgehammer, hasn't he? Mm. But but Santa likes the axe. He does. Just he does. Just I don't say. know. Maybe they're just riffing on Silent Night, Deadly Night all the time. I don't know. Maybe Actually, it's are. for Santa's fire. 
for his mm. uh, oh, okay. catalogs. Good, and good real hunting. Cutting down the Christmas tree, of course, Dave. That makes sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or when he I, fancies a slice of reindeer or something right. like that. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> My wife saw Christmas Evil really quick for the first time. And the beginning, we all know why he goes mad. And uh, Sarah goes, well, that's another uh, that's another reason for uh, you to sing, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Christmas Evil. Okay, Chris, here we yes. go with your first choice. Okay, fellas. Yeah, my number five is the first Home Alone. And like... It, I think it's the perfect coming together of John Hughes, Chris Columbus. And I'm going to be mentioning this a lot with my list because they're the movies I've chosen. Some of them, most of them are from around that era. There was just something so charming about late eighties, early nineties, Christmas movies. There was just, it felt pure. And I think with the first home alone, I can watch it over and over again, along with the second, I think, the the pairing of Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern is just so, so good. Originally, I don't know if you guys know, Dan Roebuck, who played Grandpa Munster recently in Rob Zombie's mm-hmm. The Monsters, was going to play Daniel Stern's part. They were all set to go, and his chemistry just wasn't good with uh, Pesci. So they got Daniel Stern in. Originally, Stern was cast, and they're like, no, no, we don't. Then they got him back a week before, apparently. Oh. And it just worked out so well. They just have the best chemistry. They're the perfect yin and yang, just the Christmas setting in Chicago. But obviously, that's what John Hughes always goes for, that quirky mm-hmm. family from Chicago. That house is so iconic. What happens to the wet bandits? It's just, <laughs> it's got everything going for it. And it's, I just think it still holds up. It does. And, and I, I, I mean, I was... I was working when this came out, so I didn't kind of enjoy it as a as a kid at all, which I'm kind of gutted about because I would have loved something like this when I was a kid. But I can still appreciate it now. I still do like the film, not so much the second one, but the the first one for me is 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 hilarious. Mm-hmm. And you know, Pesci, you know, who would have known that he would have gone to do what he did after this? I mean, like you know, he became an Oscar winner after this, and and all that that re- the relationship with Scorsese, which he'd started years ago in the early eighties or whatever, but went on to do so much more stuff with him. Um, it's kind of interesting to see him in a film like this, just having a bit of fun. Well, the um, same year he did this, he did Goodfellas, so it's mm, just, just proves yeah, how good of an actor yeah. he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's, he, it, Joe, Joe Pesci always brings that alpha male mentality to any movie he's in because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a small stature guy uh, and, and he's loud and he's boisterous. But anytime somebody tries to call him out, he's always fighting back in any movie he's in. So it's perfect that Daniel Stern would be kind of like a lackey. And he, mm-hmm. he would say, Marv, you're not even smarter than a child. Get the, get the hell out of here, Marv. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he, it's the perfect, uh, they're the perfect combo. You know, for for a uh, for a comedy duo in this movie, and yet if you were to leave your kid like this at home, you'd be arrested. It wouldn't turn into a funny movie. You'd be arrested. And and not and we can't you know understate too. I mean, at that time, uh, Macaulay Culkin was was about eight or nine, and he, he was a cute little kid. And, you know, when you cast, you know, when when the entire film is reliant and leaning on this child, you know, um, the kid's got to be likable. It's 
got to be yeah. cute, got to be likable, got to be relatable. There's this one shot in this movie that I just, I always like. Always, and and of course, his first movie was the year before in Uncle Buck. So mm-hmm. he 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 was sort of uh, you know he was picked out of you know out of that film to to be in this movie. But um, there's this shot in Home Alone when Kevin is carrying the groceries home, and the shot is it looks like they they're 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 probably farther away, and they they probably have like a I don't know not a zoom lens but. There, he's he's walking towards the camera and he looks so little, you know, and he's got these big grocery bags. He's just walking along and walking along. And then the groceries just fall out from, you know, uh, be, you know, from the weight of them and they're all on the sidewalk and he's there and he's looking, but he just looks so tiny, looks so small and, and, and it's so cute, you know, and, and it's like, how is this kid, you know, how is he like, he just like, you know, it, it's funny, like the, the smaller, I hate to say this because it sounds, you can tell I don't have any children, but, but, you know, the smaller kids are, the younger kids are, it's like, it's like animals, you know, they're like little animals or kittens or, you know, puppies. And, you know, it's, it's cute. You know what I mean? And, and Frank's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. But, <laughs> but Terrible little kid. creatures. They need to up but, the, to keep alive. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know that. I just mean that there's a there's an innocence, right? There's a naivety, yeah. and 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 to see this little kid walking along, it always stuck with me. And 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 I don't think the movie would have worked if you had gotten the wrong kid, no matter how good mm. Pesci or you know Daniel Stern were. If you had the wrong kid, just with a hate, to, I know this doesn't sound very nice. People have kids out there, but it's show business, folks. Mm-hmm. That wasn't cute, or not the right look, or not the right performance. I don't think it would have worked. You know, well, he yeah, insisted to Columbus that Macaulay Culkin's the one for the role after Uncle Buck. I think Uncle Buck was essentially his audition for Home Alone. Just how mm-hmm. well he bounced off John Candy, especially when he's yeah. asking the twenty questions with John Candy. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Buck. He's just so good and. The fact that he carries this movie and the second movie just proves how good of a young actor he was. Mm. He was, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's one of my favorites too. I, I think I was uh, eleven when it came out, and I did see this in the theater, and uh, so it's always, uh, it's, it's got a, a, a definite talking about Christmas movies, bona fide Christmas movies. This is it. Yeah. Yep, and it also uh, Gary Coleman was booked, so he couldn't make this movie. <laughs> What you talk about, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about, wet bandits? <laughs> <laughs> right. So next we have, I think one of yours is next. Um, Dave, here we go. Yes, Alf's Christmas <laughs> special. Unabashed <laughs> fan, are you? The chat room right now is like, what? Huh? <laughs> Remember right. Alf? He's back. Remember Alf, guys? Okay, so Alf, I'm sure the chat room, maybe they don't know. I don't know. Uh, this was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Obviously, Alf ran on uh, NBC from 1986 to 1990. Uh, it ended on this cliffhanger, and then they never did another season. And then there was this TV movie in the mid-90s called Operation Alf, which kind of explained it was terrible. But anyway, it was a great show, especially for kids. A very difficult show to uh, to make when you hear sort of the behind the scenes shenanigans and drama that was going on. I can only imagine uh, how you know hard uh, this would have been to make. But uh, I think it was after the third season or just maybe after the second season. I can't quite, I can't quite remember now. Uh, the ALF Christmas special uh, aired. And it, at the time, 
um, from what I remember and, and what I was reading, it, it got sort of, oh no, I think it was more in the development stage. Uh, they, it's, let's put it this way. It's not a very happy Christmas special, but I think it's a very important Christmas special. But at that time in the eighties, uh, obviously, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, who was the president of NBC was kind of like, I don't know if we should do this. It's, it's essentially about Alf. Um, I forget now how he gets himself missing, but he, he, he goes, I think the Tanners are driving up to like a, um, uh, a cabin for Christmas and Elf. I forget now. I don't know why I'm brain farting, but anyway, he ends up at a hospital uh, with a bunch of toys. He ends up actually sort of on this cart with all these toys that are going around to all the sick kids at this hospital. And there is this guy um, who is playing Santa Claus and he's somebody that he's, 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 um, you know, he does this every year, but he's a very kind of depressed man. And, and um, Alf be, so this, they go around to this one girl's kind of room and she sees Alf and she's like, Oh, I want Alf. And so she gets Alf and Alf has to pretend that he's a doll and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually he lets the cat out of the bag and, and starts talking to her. And she's like, Oh my God, what you're talking, you're alive. Like, you know, what is this? But you eventually find out that she's dying. You know, she's, she's terminally oh, wow. ill. Yeah. Whoa. It's, it's deep, it's, it's deep shit. Damn, Dave. And <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, hang on. It's, it's, it, it, no, but, but, but this is what's so great is that it, it, it really is about the importance of, you know, family and life and not taking anything for granted and, and appreciating your family and love and all that kind of stuff and how, you know, there are some people that are less fortunate than us. And, and I understand that it was a very kind of heavy handed way to go about it, especially for a sort of a family show at that time. But man, is it well done? Like it's, it's not because it could have been really, um, Ta like really tacky because Alf is a very sort of funny, you know, comedy with a laugh track every five seconds. There is no laugh track in this, uh, in this special from what I remember. Uh, it okay. was also shot on film and not on video. Um, so it's 24 frames per second. So it's got a real kind of movie TV movie, uh, quality to it. And I just remember, I don't know if it was because I was just more mature for my age or what, but I, I got it. Like I understood, you know, this isn't home alone. You know, this isn't Ernest saves Christmas. This is, this it, it's, it's deep stuff, but it's, it's meaningful and it means a lot. And, and there's a very important lesson that Alf is learning, you know, through this whole thing. And he, and I forgot to say too, he, <laughs> you guys are going to go, what? So the man, I forget the actor's name now, uh, he's an older actor and uh, Alf saves his life because he was about to commit suicide off a bridge. Oh, oh my and, God. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave. It's, it's heavy. It's, <laughs> I know. Jeez. The chat right now is like, what the? I know. It's heavy all, stuff. What's this about Alf eats cats as well? It's, well, that's, <laughs> I know. I know. You got to I know. People are like, what the fuck? But it's, what's it's Alf. But it's, is but it it's like a. A pig? What is he? No, he's an alien. He's an he's alien. An alien from Melmac. I, I thought it was like an anteater or a pig. He or something looks like, like that. that. No, he's a he's an alien from the planet Melmac. He's an uncircumcised um, and it's a Martian. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But, but, 
but when you like on paper, like you think what, but when you watch it, it's so what, like it's so well done. It's so well done. And it could not have been like, it could have gone completely the other way, but it's really, really well done. And, and, uh, you know, and, and yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, what was I going to say? There's something else I was going to say now. Forget. Um, but I always really liked it. Stayed it's, with it's, you. Yeah. It stayed with me because of that. I think if it, mm-hmm. it had just been a Christmas special where Alf is just getting into shenanigans and, you know, and it's all, and, you know, the laugh tracks every five seconds. I mean, that would have been fun and that would have been great, but it really stayed with me because of the themes really teach. Maybe it taught me like, you know, really what is important in life and how there are people struggling with things. Even at that time of year, there are children that are dying. There are people mm-hmm. that are, you know, n- that, that, that are, struggling with a lot of things and alf you know he was able to kind of help them and then and then learn something from from them now obviously he can't help the girl from dying but but he was able to learn a lot from her you know Mm. about life and her strength and how strong she was in the face of death and and that that perplexed Alf. She, he, he didn't understand how that was possible. And it, and it really taught him, like she taught him a lot about life and about the human experience because he's an alien, you know? So it's, it, it was just really well done. You know, and you wouldn't think it when you know the show Alf, you'd be like, what? Holy shit. This is like Emmy winning stuff here. It the didn't guy was a Emmy, cat murderer. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's, it's deep stuff, but there is a funny moment in the middle of the special and i think they needed to do this to kind of just break up the sort of the seriousness of it where alf gets trapped in an elevator with a woman who's pregnant and he has to deliver her baby and it's really funny oh god (laughs) it's it's really funny because she's trapped in the elevator she's like oh my god and then alf who's all of three foot two kind of pops up with a mask over his nose that's how she can tell that he's not an alien right you know it's like the clark kent you know superman thing like you know the glasses on uh and he's like it's all right special yeah exactly he's like i'll 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 do it i know what to do you know whatever and it's just funny but it stayed with me it stayed with me well jt grogan says alf had some truly great lessons and dealt with serious issues yeah there 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 were a few episodes that that were that were like that i mean generally speaking it was just you know um a flat out uh, silly show, but but moment but shows like this, yeah. If you haven't yeah. seen it, I don't know. It's not on the Elf box set that was released a number of years ago. I think there's a rights thing. Um, mm. Maybe there's clips of it on YouTube. I'm not sure, but if you ever get a chance to see it and you're an Elf fan or you know, I'll watch it. It's it's. I mean, it's heavy, okay. you know, but it's it sounds it. Yeah, it's done well. Cool. Okay. Um, Pass Frank, the Percocet. I, I can't add to this because I've Christmas, never seen. Everybody, I don't think I've ever seen Alf when when because you've talked about Alf before, but the way you pronounce it sounds like Elf. I know, and, I know. I think it's it, it's supposed to be Elf. Thinking, I know. Right. I've been saying Elf probably because that's what I. But know, his name's an acronym, wrote. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's okay. his name's an acronym for alien life form, and uh, that's. The family yeah. that he, because he, the the show, like I said, it ran from 1986 to 1990 mm. on NBC. And the first episode is him escaping his planet because his planet was going to blow up or something. And he crash lands into this, you know, family's garage in Los Angeles. And, like uh, Superman. and yeah, yeah. And they decide to <laughs> keep him. Uh, and they, na- his real name is Gordon Shumway. 
but they Jeez. call him yes i know and they call him alf and he's fond of cats he likes to mm-hmm. eat cats so yeah. and his girlfriend's name was Rhonda. it was frank knows yeah i know <laughs> you would frank. get there was a time i think dave you uh you you had you have a little alf figure i have an alf doll that that you is would, from 1986 and it looks immaculate you remember the alf puppets that you would get from burger king if you got a Burger King kids meal, it came with either like Chef Alf or Cop Alf, you know, and it was and it was just a, a finger or puppet. Midwife Alf, yeah, Midwife <laughs> Alf, you know, Pimp Alf, Pimp Alf, <laughs> Crisis uh, Crisis Center Alf, yeah, Alf gets canceled. Crisis Center. <laughs> Crisis what does center. that even look like? What does that even? <laughs> it has an operator thing, right? What did he have oh, like a little right. operator? Operator thing. <laughs> Telemarketer Alf. <laughs> you hear? I hear you have cats in the background. <laughs> oh man, it's I fuck it. One of my favorite shows as a kid. Doctor, okay. yeah, geeked out. Says Doctor Phil Alf. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Frank, your first one is. Yeah, 1938's Christmas Carol. Arguably the best Christmas uh, Carol movie. However, 51 seems to be everybody's favorite called Scrooge uh, mm. with Alistair Sim. However, this one is actually more family uh, family friendly because this one takes out the, the children that are seen underneath uh, the Ghost of Christmas Presents robe that are considered, I think they're want and need. Uh, is the name of the children. Uh, and also the Jacob Marley scene where him and the other ghosts are kind of like in this limbo state of uh, exile uh, because they have uh, some sort of uh, um, unfinished business uh, in the world. Uh, it's that the 51 uh, version is actually a lot darker. This one is more friendlier. And I believe Reginald uh, Owen is actually a better Scrooge because he's actually more happy. Um, and to me, you know, every time I pick, I see a Christmas carol, we're over in England, merry old England, where the snow is about two feet high. There, they have chestnuts. Everyone's friendly. You know, they have uh, kids in slave dungeons, um, and that made me always think of England when I watched this as a kid. Uh, and now I know from Darren and him being my friend and, and doing the show, there's no snow in England. And if it does, everything comes to a halt. There's no chestnuts. They don't but eat But there goose. are slave dungeons. Yeah, but there <laughs> are slave dungeons for children. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, I love this one. I watch it every time it comes on. Uh, so I had to put this as my number five, uh, or speak about it first is because I think it's a, a way better Scrooge and we know about his nephew, uh, Bob a little bit more. He makes amends with him. He fires Cratchit uh, in this one, uh, Gene Lockhart, and uh, how they come together at Bob Cratchit's house, and he gets to be called Uncle Scrooge. But I guess uh, everyone likes the 51 version because Tiny Tim actually runs to Alistair uh, Sim in that one. So he did. you do see Tiny Tim get better through that. But, you know, the unedited version is, you know, Scrooge going, get the hell out of here. I fixed you already. It's just <laughs> The image on the thumbnail kind of reminds me of a Norman Rockwell painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. And, and you, coloring you fit- black and white films are, are, I think, is an atrocity, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's unnecessary. I, and you um, fit right in with that crowd there, Frank. Look. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy who sells the chestnuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> chestnuts, chestnuts. 
<laughs> Nothing warms the bones more, sir, than a big bag of chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, do they have Christmas uh, goose over there? <laughs> <laughs> Geek says, is that Darren on the cover? Whereabouts? <laughs> there's Where? three people on there, and one of them's Frank. <laughs> one of them's an old man. This little kid in the bottom corner, is that me? Um, no, Dave's the one with the top, top hat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. I just need my Freddy glove. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> top of the morning. Merry Christmas. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic story that's been told so many times now mm. and, and and who knows it might make we'll never reappearance. stop right? yeah no of course it'll it may make a reappearance later on in our uh selections but uh mm. anybody else got anything to say about christmas carol no which, we're, which we're still uh, talking about alf uh, <laughs> no i i i um i admittedly i i don't know what year was this one frank 38 no, I don't think I've seen this one. I think I'm more familiar with the 50 one mm-hmm. or the 51 one or whatever it was, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I or have the Bill to Murray check. one. Yeah. Or the- <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Or the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I okay. got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a, for a rook. Oh, it's <laughs> got arguments here. No, no, no. But Dave, it's in a it's in a Christmas ball. It's gotta be. I want a Nagatomi Plaza Christmas bowl. Yeah, I I kind of do too. Actually, yeah, when you shake them, you have uh, Hans just go around the ball. (laughs) Right, when you shake it, all the people make it, Chris. Make it. Oh yeah, Yeah. man, that's the next custom collectible. Nice. Nice. God's Gruber going around as you shake it. The marketing, they did market it for a, as a Christmas movie, um, both back in the day and um, recently on its kind of re-releases and everything. But I'm one of these people who I, you know, Christmas films, I think, are very personal to people, uh, to individuals. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, if it's a film you enjoy watching at Christmas, if it has Christmas themes within it, not necessarily the plot, but, you know, the the, the, the music and the it's the time of the year and all that kind of stuff and we know die hard can be can can the story can take place at any time of the year some people would argue against that and say look you know the building is empty because everywhere everybody's away for christmas break uh, mm-hmm. and that's how the terrorists are able to take out you know to, 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 do, to do their job um but i i always see it as a christmas film i think it has way too many christmas influences in there for it not to be a Christmas film. And looking at our poll that I've just ran in the chat room as well, 83% of people believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That's two people, Darren. (laughs) 38 votes. (laughs) Yeah, I think think I'm definitely in the minority on this uh, when I sort of, you know, see the discussion online and, and things like that. And, but you're right. I mean, in all seriousness it's i mean if you want to feel it's a christmas movie then it's a christmas movie but i think if you, i think if you have to debate whether something's a christmas movie then i think that you know it may not be a christmas movie but it might be a christmas movie but it might not be like nobody here is going to nobody in the chat room and nobody here is going to debate home alone's not a christmas movie like mm. clearly it's a christmas movie right yeah and so i think when it comes to die hard for me, when I think of what a Christmas movie is, it's about 
Yes, it takes place at Christmas, obviously, but there's a very strong moral and message and theme about family and all this kind of stuff and the whole thing. And I know that you could you can go into Die Hard and go, oh, but look, he gets his wife back and he does all this and this kind of stuff. And look, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I I I I get it, I understand, but it's it's not John McClane could have um like the the end result would have been the same. So the Christmas season isn't what brought Holly and John together. It was the fact that John saved her life and saved everybody's life. So Christmas really had nothing to do with it. I, I'm sure if it was March 5th, she would have been just as ready to go home and mm-hmm. have sex with him. You know, I don't think she would have, well, John, you know, if it Try was Try to Christmas, repair a marriage, right? That's what he was yeah, really like, there for. Right. Well, yeah. It's like, well, John, if it was Christmas, I would have gone home with you. But, you know, since it's March, you're on your own in that limousine. I mean, clearly that's not, you know what I mean? So I always, that's why for me, for me, it's just me. It's just me. That's why for me, I'm, I'm like, it wasn't really about the season. It was more, it, it feels the season more plays a really key part in the film. Well, when you look at, you know, you right from the get go, the music at the start, yes, the, the it's, sleigh it's, bells it's and set, everything, the fact that they're attending the back, a Christmas party, yes. the, the ho, ho, ho of it with the terrorists. Right. And right. it's a huge influence on this movie. Cor- correct. The, the, it is set against the backdrop of Christmas, absolutely. But the Christmas season in and of itself does not play a role in the uh, in the arc of in the arcs of the characters, you know, in terms of what they learn and the messages and all that kind of stuff. What 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 does bring them to that conclusion is the narrative of John you know, saving everybody's life and, 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 and having to save his wife and, and he saves his wife and he saves everybody. And, but he could have done that in April and the end result would have been the same and they would have got together and they would have gone home and whatnot. Now you set it against the backdrop of Christmas and you got Christmas music and feels Christmassy. But for me, I'm just saying for me, for me, a real bonafide Christmas movie, I think the Christmas season has to play a role in that, uh, in the arcs of the characters. And that's why I'm like, yeah, Die Hard, because if you're going to say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then you have to say Lethal Weapon is. And if you're going to say Lethal Weapon well, is, we'll you come to, to that. Die- I oh, know. But then, but, but then you have to say Die Hard 2 is. And if you say Die Hard 2 is, then you have to say, yeah. But but then you have to say, well, all action movies that happen to take place at Christmas are Christmas movies. And it's like, well, but, you know, are it's they? a very personal thing, I think, as a Christmas <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, it is. How do you think, Chris? Boobies. Um, <laughs> I never thought about it until it became a thing on the internet of, in terms of a discussion. Everyone's like, it's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. And I think when I watch it, I'm like, it gives me Christmas vibes um, in an action-packed way. So it's not your typical, you know, all, um, what's the lesson comes- today, boys and girls? It's Bruce Willis picking glass out of his fucking foot, but it's also Christmas time. For sure. And I guess what the real question then becomes, as Darren has pointed out to, right, because it becomes very personal, what are we measuring, right? Like, mm. like what makes something a Christmas movie? If it is just a movie that takes place at Christmas time, well, then Die Hard's a Christmas movie. But if it's about the characters having to go through the season of Christmas and learn about, you know, it's the season that affects them on an emotional level to realize what's really important in life and about family and love because it's Christmas time. Well, then Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. 
So it, it all depends on what sort of you're looking at, in my opinion, anyway. Steve Goldstone says, First Blood, that is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, agree with Dave, because when I saw this movie for the first time, and subsequently afterwards, I didn't see Christmas. Why should happen during I just, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how I feel. It's like, you that's know. It. <laughs> but but as 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 Chris and Darren have said, it's it becomes very personal, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's very personal to what is to you. And if you watch to Die Hard and you can feel the Christmas season and you can feel the Christmas spirit because of the music and the setting and the party and the now I have a machine gun. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, if you I mean, and all of that and everything, and you know, and then of course at the end of the movie with oh the weather outside is frightful, you know, and I then, then it's a Christmas movie, but I just feel that there needs to be sort of a, a, a connection to the, the, the season itself rather than just set against the backdrop of, but that's me. Hans and his crew needed to dress up as elves. And then that would have been a little bit better and more convincing. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> let's, let's, let's close the poll. So the poll, um, 57 votes, 88% of people think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So oh, yeah, for sure they will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> for sure they will. No, I mean that in all sincerity. I know I'm in the minority on this. <laughs> for sure. For okay. Sure. So Chris, your next one is. Yes. So before I get cracking on this, two things. Dave, geeked out turtle fan said, we all know Dave wanted the kid from Nightmare on Elm Street 5 to be in Home Alone as Kevin. (laughs) 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 We're not going into that house. Look at that kid. (laughs) Geeked out turtle fan knows. Well, see, that's my point, right? Home Alone wouldn't be the classic it is today. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Chris, do you agree? um, (laughs) my, My mom's actually in the chat. Um, my mom's joining in on the chat. Hey, she mom. Said to say hi. Hey, Miss Stanley. Um, so her name is also Chris. Her full name's Christine. So I totally forgot to mention this. I'm I'm named after Christmas because my birthday's on the 22nd of December. Um, I was due Christmas oh, Day, cool. but mom's gynecologist is like, I'm going on vacation. Can we get this kid out? Now? <laughs> that kid's got to hurry up. Was um, it Alf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was. It was off. Yep. Yeah. So um, I came out 22nd. Mum and dad were going to call me Jake. And then dad's like, no, nah, it's Christmas time. Let's call him Christopher. So yeah, I'm named after Christmas. I forgot. Chris, you are that. one big Hallmark channel of a movie. Well, if, if that's the case, then Die Hard has to be a Christmas movie now. Because if you, if you have somebody who's named after Christmas saying it's a Christmas movie, I mean, okay. There it is. I'm surprised Chris doesn't have a bow on his head after that story. <laughs> oh, look, if my mum was here now, she'd be putting pink bows, everything on me. My mum's a very colourful woman. So, yeah, the bows would be strong right now. Good for you. Good for you. We see where you, uh, you get your talents from if your mom is like that. So that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So mom's, mom's an actress. She, she does a lot of TV work. So that's where I get the theatrical side from. Very cool. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Excellent. But yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, there is just something so cool about combining Christmas, Halloween, and a lot of people, and I've got the gentleman's name here, everyone assumes that Tim Burton directed this, but it was Henry Selleck who directed this one, and Tim Mm. Burton wrote it, I believe. He was one of the writers. But you've also got Danny Elfman, who scored it, who also sings as Jack. You've got Chris Sarandon, Catherine O'Hara, shout out to Canada, with uh, Catherine Mm -hmm. Um, O'Hara. You've got this 
star-studded cast where you recognize all these voices, but just the design. And I'm always a sucker for claymation, stop-motion animation. I think it's just so charming. And even though it's very dated now, you still look at it and you're like, I appreciate the work and time that has gone into that. Um, I love the the lessons that Jack learns. And like Jack Skellington is just so badass. And I'm, I'm coming from a stamp like a, an area of like design not a hot topic i'm a hot topic goth kid nightmare before christmas fan just a movie making standpoint um i just think it's such a good little story it came out at the right time i believe it was 94 when it came out dad took me to see it in the cinemas scared the absolute shit out of me but when i came out it was like when you go on a roller coaster you're scared at the time but you come out you're like that's awesome i want to do that again um and I just think it's the perfect combination of Halloween, Christmas, and what Jack ultimately does and the lessons he learns. You know, he's very selfish at first with once he goes into Christmas town, but then he wants to save Christmas. You know, the typical save Christmas mm. story arc. Um, but I just think it has so much going for it. The, the designs of the creatures, the, the stop motion, the voice work, the singing, the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. I still think it's one of Elfman's greatest scores and sometimes criminally underrated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 why it's my number four, gents. Saw mm. him play live, Elfman, and he and he played some tracks from Nightmare Before Christmas. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Slash of Red, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas came out '93. Thank you. Yeah, '93. So that perfect early '90s stop motion mm. movie. And even oh. though you know you can see, I mean, just looking at that image. Knowing that Tim Burton didn't direct it, you can see exactly the influence he had on it. Especially it's, that pumpkin. Uh, that pumpkin yeah. is in like Sleepy Hollow, everything. Yeah. I yeah. think that's why yeah. a lot of people think he did direct it. Mm. Uh, Cause it feels, look, it feels and looks like a Tim Burton film. Yeah. Of um, course. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good choice. It's, it's one of the few actually movies that actually are in Spirit Halloween, the store we have here. Uh, that sells, you know, just, you know, Halloween stuff. Uh, and there's always a Nightmare Before Christmas section. Right now, my neighbor across the street has an inflatable Jack pumpkin, and I just want to punch it because I don't like inflatables <laughs> on, on – you can't have inflatable anything around Christmas. It's horrible. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I was just having this conversation with my girlfriend uh, earlier this week because we were at the – store and we saw this big gigantic like you know 10 foot inflatable santa claus yeah and <laughs> and it's like i don't understand listen if you do this it's it's not personal i just you know if you have a house where you have like tons of decorations and there's all kinds of you know you're one of those homes right where you're you know you're basically you're overzealous <laughs> yeah 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 your electricity bill is probably through the roof every you know uh december because you're like clark Griswold, you know, I mean, you got all the lights, you got all the the stuff all over the place and everything. Okay, fine, I get that. But if you, but if you're just, you know, you drive by and there's nothing there but just a gigantic inflatable Santa. Nine times out of ten, while you're at work, it's keeling over anyway, and it's like kind of not really working, and it's on the ground, and it just, I don't, know, I just think it looks so tacky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's no effort, right? There's no, you just, well, you, you just because well, half it the time, in, they're, yeah, they're, they're blow just it up, falling well, over. <laughs> They're, they're falling yeah. over and they're deflated and, you know, anyway. Yeah, like life. That's right. <laughs> you, you've That's gone right. to town with your Christmas decorations this year, Frank. I, I have. My wife showed I have. me a picture I am, on um, social. 
Yeah, I, I've uh, my wife makes me put up decorations, and she tells me how big of a ladder do you have to go up forty more feet? And I said, uh, I'm not going up forty more feet to go to the top of our house. It would be half lit, and that's the way it is. She goes, fine, and uh, you know, won't talk to me. But yeah, I, uh, you know, <laughs> we we put up regular Christmas lights, and uh, that's what we do. There's no inflatables. Uh, we are those uh, glitter deer people, you know, that we can put on the lawn and presents and everything. And, uh, you know, she does a good job. Ha- Christmas is her decoration. Halloween is my decoration time. Mm. Gotcha. And you have to put it all up. Yeah, I'm I'm really like Hans Gruber. <laughs> I'm holding on to the roof looking up. Or Rod Hull. That's a British yeah. joke. So some Oof. of the guys in the UK will get that, but never mind. Um, okay, next we have um, Dave. Yes. Ernest Saves Christmas. Um, so it's so funny because um, I learned... <laughs> it's funny what you're influenced by as a child. And my girlfriend told me a long time ago, she would notice that when we would, when we'd watch Ernest saves Christmas or we'd watch some Alf or, you know, whatever she'd notice that, you know, some of my humor or some of the silly lines I would say, even as an adult would come from like, you know, these old movies and old shows and, and, but, you know, it, it's a really cool thing. Be like, wow, I guess I really was heavily influenced by Ernest. Now, I remember uh, I was a big, uh, big Jim Varney fan as it relates to Ernest P. Worrell. And because mm-hmm. I remember in the, in the mid 80s, borrowing my mother's ghetto blaster boombox <laughs> and, and uh, putting a cassette tape in. And this was really where my like voiceover career started. You know what I mean? And, and uh, I'm like seven years old and I would just pretend I was earnest on the tape and I was talking to Vern <laughs> and I'm just, and I'm just, and, and I remember eating Ritz crackers and drinking milk and the, the, this whole tape, I don't have the tape anymore. Like I said, it's like 35, 36 years ago. But it was so like he was, I like Ernest goes to camp, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. Ernest TV ads that you'd see. Because that's where he began. He began yeah. in a in a, 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 in a uh, bunch of local TV ads. And, With his and, neighbor um, Vern, wasn't it? Vern. Yep. Hey, Vern. Hey, Vern. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The, that, that's right. That's right. And um so anyways, Ernest Saves Christmas, I believe is my sister Jill's favorite Christmas movie. It's definitely one of mine. The Ernest movies are, you know, they're usually B movies at at best. This is probably one of the better Ernest movies for sure. And uh and it's cute, right? I mean, you know, he 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 learns a lot about you know, the importance of family and, and, and not being selfish through the season, obviously. And, and, uh, Santa Claus, I think, what is it? They have to, Santa Claus comes to Florida to, uh, get the new Santa Claus, right? Or find his like replacement, that. find his replacement. And, and the new Santa Claus doesn't want to have anything to do with it, but he's got to be convinced somehow. And then Ernest gets involved and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I mean, it's Ernest being Ernest. 
Um, and, uh, and don't forget yeah. the reindeer are all over the airport. They broke out of the box. That's right. The reindeer were shipped and they broke <laughs> out of the box and they're all over the airport. And those two characters that are usually in earnest films, I forget their names now, but I mean, it's just a, it's a feel good, cute. If you like Jim Varney as Ernest and you've never seen Ernest Saves Christmas, you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a cute movie. 1988, I think, or 87, somewhere around there. Um, that's right that's right Uh, and i think i think although i could be wrong this might have gotten a theatrical release it did uh because Mm -hmm. not every earnest movie did so chris chris you you know who ernest is right yeah ernest was huge here i mum used to rent um, (laughs) really ernest ernest goes to school ernest goes to africa i love the parody in the simpsons ernest goes somewhere nice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> let's stay here for a while Vern. um yeah, right. but yeah i always remember those movies especially ernest goes to africa i think that was like peak ernest for me because it came out at that time where i was just obsessed with him but also yeah like as someone said in the chat he was slinky in toy story mm-hmm. um, but it's yes, cool it that he had this humble beginning like you said dave doing local commercials and he just blew up he bl- he did a ton of local commercials for a ton of different products. He was mm-hmm. he was like a like a pitch guy, mm-hmm. and uh, but he was he was dressed as Ernest. That's where the character came from. And if you just YouTube Ernest commercials, oh my god, they're fucking hilarious. And some of the outtakes too, like he. He was so funny. He was just so funny the way he'd come on screen and be all suave and, hey, what's going on? You know, <laughs> so he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant and and so funny. And unfortunately, he died uh, quite young. I think he was only in his early 50s, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died of lung cancer in the year 2000. Um, so way before his time, way before he should have. There's also, um, a, what is it? He did a... a, a there's a bunch of these clips on YouTube as well. Um, oh, he's like, he's like, he's all like, you know, um, other characters he's done. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He's not earnest. He's, uh, he did a guy who had a hand on his head and he was like an evil doctor. N- not, no, um, it's, it's, he's like a, he's like a, oh fuck. Why? I can't think of his name now. Um, I'll, I'll search for it while we go on uh, to something else. But w- but yeah, anyway, great movie. Well, I, I feel about as welcome as a fart in a space suit at the moment with this. <laughs> we, we had no Ernest in the UK, I don't think. Really? And even Steve Goldstone in the chat is backing me up and saying this Ernest fella wasn't known in the UK. And I think eventually maybe some of the stuff came out on DVD, but... You know, shout out to our friends over that um, over at All the Good Names Are Taken. They invited me onto their show to do <laughs> Ernest Goes to Ernest Saves Christmas. And I had to turn them down. I said, I don't even know what this is. I have <laughs> no idea. The importance I, of being earnest. I, I know that. <laughs> if you, and maybe I'm wrong on this, maybe I'm wrong on this, but uh, for those in the UK, if you have no idea who Ernest is, maybe you know who Jim Varney is, maybe you don't, but if you don't, don't watch one of his movies first. Go to YouTube and watch just a reel of these local commercials that he used to do. I it just mm. it's he 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 like a Jim Carrey, he had like a rubbery kind of face. And and I I think you'll really appreciate. I think the Brits are I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I just have this feeling that you'll appreciate 
some of these stupid <laughs> He was on par with Jim Carrey <laughs> before well, Jim yeah. Carrey was Jim Carrey. Yeah, not not quite like well, not quite know, as like big, that, but 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 certainly just he, he was just so silly. So 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 some of the things he would like, you know, I remember he <laughs> there's like this couple and they're sitting by a window and they're having I don't know the ad is for like orange juice or something and. Ernest shows up at the window, you know, and he puts his hands on the windowsill and he's like, hey, what's going on, everybody? So as you can see, these couple here, and then all of a sudden the window comes down on his hands and he's pretending not to to know, you know, and he's like trying to pull them out and do this. And it's just, you got to watch it. It's just so silly and pulls his pants up afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I've never seen. I, I do remember him being on commercials when I've been in the US. That that's about mm. it. And also, somebody pointed out in the chat that he was um, uh, in the, he was Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hills Hillbillies movie. That's what was. I have yes. seen, so I do know him from that. Yes, um, yes. And as, as uh, uh, Gaz B eight one here says, Ernest is slapstick comedy. It is. Yeah, it's totally mm. just you know silliness. Yeah. yeah, and someone mentioned the he is the U.S.'s version of Mr. Bean. Yes. Okay. okay. I would say yeah. yes, but he, of course, Ernest talks, so. Well, Mr. Bean yeah. kind of does, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> your, your name, please? Bean. <laughs> like, like I should have put the Mr. Bean Christmas special on here when he gets the fucking turkey on his head. Oh, yes. God, that is good. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, since Alpha is giving birth to a, you know, somebody, well, no, why not put a turkey on your not, head? <laughs> yeah, Alpha is giving birth. <laughs> it's a whole different show. Okay, so Frank, I think you're next, and it mm-hmm. is oh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the only uh, other classic out there, starring Natalie Wood and Edmund Gwynn, uh, Maureen O'Hara, and uh, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, they they colorize this more than it should be, but it's the only uh, one of the few Christmas movies that's actually won a few Oscars uh, for uh, supporting actor for uh, for uh, Ed McGuinn and uh, best original screenplay, best written screenplay. Uh, so I can't say anymore. I think everyone has seen a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah, I, w- I can watch this without the Christmas season happening in the background. Um, it comes on now and then uh, on HBO Family uh, during like July, and I'll just sit there and just watch it. I have good memories. It's a sweet story. Uh, again, um, I can't say anything more about it. I'll be very quick because I think everyone has seen this movie. I, I've I, seen the remake. That's all I've Why seen. are you always seeing re- remakes, Darren? Why do you go what? back to the originals? Because see I where everybody knows. 50, whatever it was. Um, so 40, I, I, <laughs> 40, whatever. Um, I, I've seen the remake with Richard Attenborough and, um, of course I you remember did. It, I, it was, I was a bit bored by it. Wasn't it like a court case in there or something where he had to, yes, there was, uh, they're, they're all yeah, court yeah. cases in them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, I haven't seen this original. Uh, Dave, have you seen it? I gotta say, I haven't, I've seen the oh. remake with Richard Attenborough, uh, oh. but I have not seen, I mean, I'm, I know this movie, I'm aware of it. Um, of course, but I, I have not, I've not oh. seen it. I, I have to admit, I'm I'm sorry, Frank. I'm sorry. Chris, gentlemen, this will be the last I Christmas have special. Not seen it either, and it's not because I haven't, not because I don't want to. I just have not. I've always heard good things. I haven't even seen the Mara Wilson remake, but apparently that's awful. Um, hmm. 
I've just never got around to it. I always just hear good things though. So I think I just need to sit down and just actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Well. Miracle on Elm Street. <laughs> He's gone. Where's Frank? <laughs> Frank's, Frank's so up. upset, Frank's he just left. He removed himself. <laughs> They've never seen it. <laughs> He's going to tell his wife. Yeah, I got I to go into the uh, bosom of Nurse Karen behind me. Just for some consoling. <laughs> I noticed nobody's mentioned that in the chat. Did anybody ma- notice that Frank's got a Nurse Karen behind him there? Frank Jim is just is uh, working through all that of you can the see. Halloween girls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who's next? <laughs> oh, it's me. Yes. <laughs> weapon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this will be a different poll. Let, let's see what happens here. So I'm going to start this now. This um, is is lethal weapon a Christmas? All you people that said yes to Die Hard, you better Ooh, say me. yes to this or you'll have to explain yourselves. <laughs> I okay. love Lethal Weapon, though. Such a good movie. I love Lethal Weapon, too. I I feel it's less of a Christmas movie than Die Hard is. Um, there is less Christmas influence in this than there is with Die Hard. It is just a seasonal thing. It doesn't make any difference to the plot whatsoever, I don't believe. It's just trees in the background. It's a wonderful life on the TV and Jingle Bell Rock. There's no real kind of... Uh, you know, it, it doesn't alter the plot in any way or anything. Uh, uh, there's snow if in you it. Take, yeah, there's snow in it as well. But if you take Christmas out no of this, snow. the movie, <laughs> the movie stays the same. Whereas if you take Christmas out of Die Hard, you have a few problems there. You you have to rejig it all. Um, I think, but but Lethal Weapon is, I, I think, it's one of those essential action movies of the 80s. Um the fact that it's set around Christmas and is always on TV around Christmas over here, or used to be, um, always kind of makes me feel like it's a Christmas movie. And as I said before, it's a very personal thing. Um, and I always felt like it was a Christmas movie just because of that influence that's in there. But like I said, it's nowhere near as heavy as what Die Hard is. And um, they have and, Christmas and, and, hats on. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that was, <laughs> um, the, thanks to somebody on the internet who did that. I, uh, <laughs> I picked that off the internet early today, but the poll is saying, so we've got 36 volt votes, 69% believe Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie and 31% don't. That's so, 60, that 60% just has to save face now. They're like, fuck, damn it. I would totally get it with this film if people <laughs> didn't feel that it was a Christmas movie because there's only a little bit of me that um, that, that believes it is. I, um, I will give you that. I will definitely mm. say that if we are measuring what is more Christmas movie, <laughs> you know, what what has more Christmassy things in it and what has more... It's absolutely diehard, 100%. Um, I... You, I can definitely like when I think of Die Hard, it doesn't take me long to think of the Christmas, you mm. know, uh, uh, things that are in it, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. a Christmas party and, you know, all that kind of stuff. With Lethal Weapon, I can think of Lethal Weapon for like half an hour and not even think of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Uh, but it's such a good movie. JT Grogan puts it quite well. He says it's about Riggs, a broken man, finally finding happiness, friendship, and family during the holiday season. So there is that to it. Um, And Steve Goldson says, Goddamn Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you feel about it, uh, Chris? Mm, 
again, like Die Hard, I never really thought about the Christmas aspect of it. I always just saw it as buddy cop, but it does have does have those elements that that, that you mentioned. So I wouldn't say it is a Christmas movie, but it has those hints of it that it's one of those things where now when you see it, you can't unsee it. So I think mm-hmm. I'm more going to lean towards it's a Christmas movie ish. Okay. <laughs> ish. 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 That's a big ish. ish. Okay. Ish. Frank? Uh, no, still not a Christmas movie, though they have the jingle bell hop, uh, you know, as dude pointed out, as the opening theme. Um, it doesn't make me think of Christmas when I watch it. I'm not thinking of like, I hope Riggs doesn't shoot that terroristic Santa Claus. Uh, across the street or anything like that. I just think, you know, it is these two cops that are, that become friends at the end because they kind of save each other's life in it. And then they're dealing with, you know, uh, you know, the, the special forces, ex special forces, you know, selling drugs and become their own cartel. Uh, I don't, just because there's Christmas in the beginning, Christmas trees and, you know, and uh, Christmas at the end uh, with, you know, Merry Christmas, bad guys. Eh, it's little hints in there, there, but it's not the whole overwhelming theme of this movie is Christmas. Mm. Yeah. You know what would have made Die Hard a Christmas movie in my mind? While John McClane is up there and he's like, oh, he's, he's, he gets his shirt all dirty and he's got no shoes and so what the hell am I going to do? Maybe his pants rip, you know, go even further. His pants rip and now they're falling off. He's like, geez, I got no pants now. My shirt's coming off. And all of a sudden he opens this, you know, door in this closet stuff and he finds his old Santa suit. And he's like, oh, oh God, yeah. see, you see, like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, I'm either going to run around this entire building naked because all my pants are dirty and wet from the, the this and the blood and the, and the glass and the shoot the glass, you know, all, all this stuff. And like, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to put on this set. Now he, now he doesn't put on the beard, but he, he puts on you know, the Santa pants and he puts on it and he runs up because then, you know, from a symbolic point of view, it is Santa saving the day on Christmas uh, Eve. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Shoot all you the need. ornaments. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot the tree. The Shoot elf baubles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a quick shout out to Hans Colin Murdy. Who's just, yeah. Hello, Colin, Colin Murdy has hey, just uh, joined us while he's on his break at work. So I just wanted to shout out. Colin Murdy, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, and uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Um, what have we got next? Let's have a look. Um, Chris, boys, you knew this was going to happen, um, and I think Evil <laughs> Alex will be very happy because he was. I think he was counting on me to pick this in my top five. So there's something so cool about Christmas time in Gotham City. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because Tim Burton's Gotham is so dark and dreary and to kind of have the yin with the yang of Christmas, bright light, snow, the, the whiteness of the snow, the darkness, the blackness of, of Gotham and how Anton first designed Gotham in the in Batman 89 and Batman Returns. It, it's very reminiscent of like if anyone in the chat's played the Arkham games. In Arkham Origins, mm-hmm. it's Christmas time. When you play the game, it's snowing in Gotham and there's just – something so badass about that and for the for a while i was not allowed to watch this movie when this first came out on vhs this around all the parents in where i lived in the the town i lived in or still live in it was batman returns and hook that was on the ban list if you were a certain age and i was mum and dad 
forbid me to watch this film until I was like 10 or 11. So that's the first time I watched Batman Returns. And when you look at it, it's pretty full on, like Catwoman stabbing someone in the face, penguins biting a guy's nose off and he's bleeding everywhere. And <laughs> shout out to Danny DeVito as the penguin. I just think that was just such good casting. And he looks like he's having a, a absolute blast doing that. Um, but I love the the back and forth and the dynamic with Keaton and Pfeiffer. You know, mistletoe can be deadly if you um, eat it. A kiss can be even deadlier. I love all that stuff, you know, the bat and the cat, but Christmas as well. I just think it's had all these elements that are just so Christmas, even though it's in a comic book movie. I love <laughs> it. I absolutely do love it. Well, a poll, I've put a poll up for it and 65% of people believe that it is a Christmas movie. I have two questions for you, Chris. Mm. Have you ever done a Keaton Batman outfit? Mm-hmm. And are you looking forward to seeing him, seeing him back as Batman in The Flash on June 6th next year, I think it is? Uh, so I have not done a Keaton suit just because of the logistics of it and the it's a very heavy suit. You can't go to the bathroom um it's an intense suit like even today with how technology's evolved with costuming keaton's suit with foam latex we use urethane now it's still a heavy suit especially that cowl from 89 that's that's a thick ass cowl but by mm. returns they'd refined it it was a lot more sleeker and everything and i do prefer the return suit i love the plating um in terms of keaton coming back i i'm so excited with all the news that's been coming out the last couple of days with the dceu i'm trying to like just switch off until james gunn comes out and says this is what's happening instead of listening to the rumor mill because apparently i don't know if you guys read they were going to bring keaton and pfeiffer back for a batman beyond film and wow. have pfeiffer back as catwoman rekindle that romance and then have keaton as old man bruce wayne Everyone was clamoring for that for years and to announce that we were going to do it. But no, it's just heartbreaking. But look, I'm happy regardless, even though we're not going to see Keaton in Batgirl anymore because that's been shelved. And Brendan Fraser as Firefly just would have been so cool. But the fact that he's in The Flash and Affleck's in The Flash because Affleck is my favorite Batman. I just think he's such a- Really? Yes. I I adore his Batman and Bruce Wayne because he's so tortured and dark. And I'm like, that's Bruce. His Batman is intimidating. It's like the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Like he's a tank in that suit, even though what we saw in Batman v Superman was essentially like a showreel for him. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen his solo film with Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. I think it just could have been so, so good. Um, but yeah, I have not, I, I don't plan to cosplay as the Keaton uh, Batman. Maybe the Flash Keaton, pending more mm. I see of the suit. I've only seen certain stills and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, never say never. I do love the return suit, though. The return suit is beautiful. And he just, especially when he first got announced as Batman, I don't know if you guys remember all the hoo-ha in 89 when he was announced, mm. and everyone was like, Mr. Mum? No. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was originally going to be Bill Murray. Bill Murray, um, yeah. And that's when yeah. I'm like, no, not Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. The, the 89 Batman was going to be Bill Murray, and then they, for whatever reason they changed their mind and gave it to he got death threats and everything when he strange. first got announced. That's and they had to quickly strange. scramble together and put a teaser trailer out and footage of him in the suit. Mm. And that's when everyone's like, okay, he looks pretty good. And he does oh. look great in that cow. That that pout in the cow, I love. Yeah. I remember I, as a kid going to the first screening of that in, in my local town. 
um, and and absolutely just loving it. Absolutely loving it. And we had to wait, like, because it came out in America in the June, I think, of 89, mm-hmm. and we had to wait until August. It was ages. And I remember a program in America called Cinema Tractions that we used to get in the middle of the night in the UK, and I would tape it. And it got to the point where as Batman was the it surpassed the exorcist as being the highest uh, grossing movie in Warner brothers history. And it mm. still wasn't on release in the UK. So all that kind of hype was just building and building. I had the t-shirt and all that kind of stuff. I think I was about 16 or 17 when I went to see it. And um, yeah, watching it for that. I remember that morning watching it, it was just that, that Danny Elfman score kicking in at the, yes. at the start around the Batman logo and everything. Oh, it was just fantastic. Really um, cool. My, my name is not Earl um, mentioned, and I totally forgot. Do you guys know that Marlon Wayans was going to be Robin and he went for costume fittings, everything, everything was set to go. And then they dropped that storyline. Robin was supposed to be a mechanic that uh, Marlon was going to oh, wow. be playing, and he ultimately, you know, dones the costume. He still got paid for it, apparently. He still got paid mm. for his time. But, yeah, Marlon Waynes was going to be Robin. I thought that would have been pretty interesting. I mm. find it very strange uh, that they were looking at Bill Murray for Batman. Mm. They were open I, about that. They were yeah, open I, about I, it. I just, but it's not like Bill Murray. I mean, this is late 80s. I mean, we've already mm. had Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, Scrooged, Ghostbuster. I mean, I'm thinking, why Bill Murray? Like, what was mm-hmm. it about Bill Murray that made them think he was the right fit for Batman? Mm. I just thought, yeah. I mean, listen, he's an actor. He should be able to play. I mean, we've seen him play, not very often, obviously, because of, you know, but we've seen him play drama a few times. And he's, but Batman? Mm-hmm. I think people thought that about Michael Keaton, though, at, at the time, because all we'd really seen him in was, well, as Chris pointed out, Mr. Mom and, was Correct. the dream team well, out before or after Batman? I can't remember. That's a after, good point. But Johnny Dangerously? But I can you know. look at him, and again, I mean, this is just, you know, the, but when I look at Michael Keaton, if we're just looking at looks, I, I, I can see it more than I can see it in Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But no, it's a good point. What, Beetlejuice? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get <laughs> Beetlejuice, it. Beetlejuice, yeah. <laughs> One of the scariest scenes in Batman Returns, and I always will remember this, is when the Ice Princess falls into the Christmas tree and the bats come out of the out of the tree right. and start yeah. attacking yeah. everybody. That's it a, is absolutely it's a dark terrifying. Movie when you think about it, it's very dark because Warner Brothers gave Burton full creative control, and that's when it became a Tim Burton Batman movie. Uh, but I love I love the circus at the beginning and the the, the motorbike riders with the giant skull helmets yeah, and everything. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. The clowns, and you got Doug Jones, the brilliant suit performer Doug Jones, there as a clown mm-hmm. in one of his first roles, and mm-hmm. I just think it's so dark, gothic, and the elements of Christmas as well. It's it's the yin and the yang. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And child, uh, child abandonment is disturbing in the beginning as well. Yeah, mm, with, absolutely. Pee-wee. With uh, Pee Wee Herman as the Penguin's dad. <laughs> yeah, mm. you know, and well, the, the doctor coming Arnold out, he's all sweating, and ready to freeze. throw up. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cool off. Let's kick some ice. Cool off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, 67% believe it's a Christmas movie. uh, There you go. Similar to Lethal Weapon. People have spoken. I've just been wrong. Well, no, okay. not, not about this one. I've just remember. been wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really remember this movie. I mean, I I remember it, but I haven't seen it in years. Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, Dave, you're next with 
the mm. Santa Claus mm. and the uh, pregnant Demi uh, Demi Moore silhouette there. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Demi or Demi, Demi, whatever. Demi, um, Demi. So, <laughs> so uh, I was saying to the guys uh, before we went live that I was thinking about actually um, putting on my list uh, Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore and John mm-hmm. Lithgow. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember my father. Now that's a movie that I haven't seen in years uh, but i remember my father taking me to see that uh in 84 or 5 and but for whatever reason i i had a i had this feeling that a lot of people in the chat weren't going to know what santa claus the movie was i'm my apologies for everybody i know i probably totally underestimated uh our viewers christmas knowledge but i, I don't know i i think it's because like i said i never really hear it talked about even when people talk about their favorite Christmas movies, I never hear anybody bring up Santa Claus, the movie. Um, so That's I just okay, was, Dave. You don't even know Miracle on 34th Street. So it's kind of kind of I know it. I just haven't seen it. I know it. I just <laughs> haven't seen it. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so I was going to talk about that one. But uh, we got dude saying great Christmas film. But maybe he's talking about the Santa Claus. Not sure. But anyway. Okay. Um, so the Santa Claus 1994, Tim Allen. And um, this is a movie that I saw in the theater, actually, with Bruce. (laughs) We both went to see this in 94. And this is at the height of Tim Allen's power. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he was about two or three years into his, you know, sitcom Home Improvement, which was just, you know, firing on all cylinders at that time. And he does this movie in 1994 called The Santa Claus. And of course, we know what it's about. Santa comes for a visit, but he, you know, falls off the roof and Tim Allen's got to take over. And, you know, it's it's it's, it's a silly, absurd sort of premise. But um, I always liked it. You know, I saw it, like I said, in 94 when it came out. So I would have been 15. But I always I was a big fan of Home Improvement. And I like Tim Allen as sort of that that dad kind of character. And, and he plays kind of that character, you know, in most everything he's in. Um, so I, yeah, I liked it. I mean, there's really not much to say about it. I mean, we all know it. We all like it. It spawned several sequels. There's also a, sh- uh, a show right now on, uh, is it Paramount or? Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, called The Santa Clauses. I believe it's a it's a series, though, or a mini series. Mm-hmm. Um, is I he in it? He yeah, is. He's, yeah. He's in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think, wow. I think the premise of it is now he now he's looking for his replacement now, I think, right? Or something to that effect. I can't he's remember. Apparently, I've watched the first couple of episodes and his daughter plays his daughter in the film, which uh, in the series, which is cool. But he's like losing weight and he can't put weight back on. He's starting to kind of lose it as Santa Claus. But you're right. He's finding a replacement, essentially. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll have to check it out. Um, I did see the other two sequels, but you know they're you know they don't. I, I don't think they hold a candle to the 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 charm of the of the first movie. I think the first movie also starred his wife was Wendy Cruzen. I think is how you say her last name, uh, a Canadian actress. She was also Harrison Ford's wife in Air Force One, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, okay. Um, yep. and uh, I think she plays his wife uh, in this movie. Um. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's also got Judge Reinhold <laughs> from Beverly Hills Cop fame. Um, and um, it's just a cute 
movie. Did, it's, it's silly. Did, did Tim Allen take um, plastic surgery tips from Judge Reinhold or something? You mean now? <laughs> now, yeah, because both of them are, are a bit sort of windswept, aren't they, at the moment? Botoxed? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're yeah. probably Botoxed. Smooth. Smooth, yeah, a little More shiny. Than dartboard. Yeah, a little <laughs> smooth for knocking on seventy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like I said, it's really memorable because it was it was a, a really all about timing, right? Tim Allen, huge hit show, Home Improvement, been on the air for three years. He does this movie. <gasps> The guy from Home Improvement, the dad, the, uh, that guy. Well, we gotta go. We gotta go see what I gotta. And I mean, it was a it was a huge hit. It was a monstrous hit, you know. And um, and he's basically, you know, Tim Allen is Tim Allen. He's himself, you know, in the movie, but he does what he does best. And and uh, it was cute. So it's certainly uh, uh, one of my favorites for sure. He hated that suit. Mm, uh, the, the oh, he, he was generally just a cranky bastard apparently yeah <laughs> i can i i can believe that <laughs> hated it. Never seen to, it they had to build in you never a, seen the uh, Santa kind of system to cool him down inside it <laughs> really i saw yeah. the try i mean it, it wasn't a hit in the uk i know it was a huge hit in the u.s and we kind of got it late we probably got it in the uk it wasn't even i think we got it the year after or something if in i remember July. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got we got um, Christmas vacation in 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 like March or something, and it was just called Cold. Winter Vacation in the UK. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like yeah, Ninja Santa Turtles, Claus. I learned that the Ninja Turtles cartoon in Europe, I believe, was called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, and not That's Ninja correct. Turtles. Yes, and they mm. banned God. the use of nunchucks with Michelangelo. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they had yeah. to be. They had. They made so many cuts to those films to because ninjas, you know, get rid of the weapons. So what was he doing? Like throwing around air? You know, that's all he's yes, doing. He was just removed. The movies yeah. were about an hour and a quarter <laughs> long or something. Um, but that's gone away now. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I never saw this film. Um, mm. I don't, and it had like two or three sequels or something, didn't it? Mm-hmm. it had two sequels and now two the, sequels. The series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the second yeah. one that he had to find a wife. He had to he find did. Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, he, the the villain in the third one is Martin Short, who's, mm-hmm. is he Jack, Jack Frost Frost Short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Frank. Yeah. Bad Santa. <laughs> now we're getting dirty. Now we're getting fun. <laughs> I saw this movie in the theater and not thinking it was going to be as funny as it was. Swearing nonstop, Tony Cox trying to control, you know, uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character Willie, and he just has no patience for him. He knows that Willie is the safe cracker, and he has to uh, put up with his bullshit in order to get the money and and everything. And uh, he just seeing these two, they're like a, a great comedy duo. Uh, Bad Santa Two is not really as good than this one. Uh, but it also makes it a little bit more uh, nostalgic for me seeing uh, the, the great John Ritter and Bernie Mac, who's no mm. longer with us, um, seeing them on, uh, on this movie, too. It's yeah. just a great comedy. It's raunchy, and it's uh, it's everything Christmas should be. Mm. It's bad Santa. <laughs> no, I, I, love I, I love this film. I saw this film in... Um, I mentioned this on Barry's channel the other day when we were on. I saw this film in in Brooklyn Heights um, when it first came out. And um, 
Yeah, I, I, the crowd just went nuts, and it's something that I'd never experienced before. Was watching a, uh, I'd seen a movie in an American theater before that, but not a comedy. And the crowd were just so into it and whooping and hollering and just carrying on. And it, it was such a great atmosphere in there. But I had to watch it again when I got home because I was like, <laughs> I couldn't hear in anything. So, um, but I do, my favorite line is this in this is when he walks up to that kind of large prostitute in the street. Opal. <laughs> Opal, he goes, he says, he says something to her and she goes, not now, Willie. Last time I didn't shit right for a month. Fucking <laughs> Willie. <laughs> and then she gets up and she hobbles over, right? She goes, Ooh. <laughs> isn't it? Um, That's Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Oscar wow. winning Octavia Spencer. And, and now I think she just got a star on the walk of fame i think he did yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoever really that, thought that one scene yeah anal sex to the star you know <laughs> it is. good night everybody i think everybody i think everybody can probably quote at least one or two lines from this movie you know one of the best parts is you know willie beating up that kid that bully he says oh you like to give kids black eye huh and he's punching mm. him right in the face and the kid's got to be like 14 and he just doesn't give a shit and uh, people always laugh when uh, he throws the bottle and hits the Mercedes in the glass and it shatters. And Tony Cox's character is just going, Jesus Christ, you're an emotional fucking cripple. <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny movie. I, I, it's, it's one that I haven't seen in, a, in many years, but I remember I, I watched it with um, – it was with some friends. It was like, you know, you're hanging out and you're like, let's watch a movie. Let's watch Bad Santa. And I, and I hadn't seen it. And I'm not a huge Billy Bob Thornton fan. So I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, we'll watch it. It's actually really funny. Mm. Um, and, uh, but I haven't seen the sequel though. I've just seen mm. uh, the first the one. The sequel's not that great. No, um, no. How, how do you find it, Chris? Uh, I have not seen it in a very, very long time. But when I did, it was one of those things where you felt like such a badass because I was in high school, I think, when this came mm. out. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it because it was just something so different and everyone's just like, yeah, Santa Bob, yeah, woo! And I was a big <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton fan, so. But I do need to revisit it. I have not seen the sequel either, but I hear, like like you guys said, it's, eh, you, you can just watch the first one and yeah. be done with it. Yeah. yeah. And some mm. of the best scenes are with John Ritter and Bernie Mac talking mm. to each other. Yes. And the one part where, because John Ritter plays the guy who manages the mall. And he's this, you know, conservative, you know, happy guy. He wants to keep everybody happy. And Bernie Mac uh, plays the mall security. And uh, Bernie Mac says to John Ritter, uh, you know, well, I can't find anything on him. He likes to fuck fat women in the big in the, in the fitting room. And then, <laughs> and then you, you see John Ritter's face go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He's not going to say fuck stick in front of the children, is he? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think mine's next, isn't it? Let's have a look. Muppets Christmas. So we're, and another take on um, on Christmas Carol. This time mm-hmm. with the Muppet. This was about, I think this is about, I think it was its 30th anniversary uh, this year, if I remember right. Um, and... Yeah, the the Muppets um, come at the frog playing Bob Cratchit and Michael Cr- Michael Caine playing Ebenezer Scrooge. I think this is a fantastic um, version of, of of a Christmas Carol, and I just love watching the background Muppets all the time. 
the detail of them all kind of dancing and, and opening their mouths and kind of laughing and nodding and looking at the camera. The fact that they managed to squeeze in Beaker and the Swedish chef and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew with, with a kind of old English bloody outfit on and the monocle and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely brilliant. I was a huge Muppets fan as a kid. I remember Sunday nights in the UK would always be the Muppet show with, I don't know, Christopher Reeve would be on it and all these big American stars and and, and British stars as well. It was just this kind of weird um, almost like a chat show with all these puppets. It was such a big, extravagant show. And mm. to see them do films, and, and even the recent two with, with the, the Ricky Gervais one that came out a few a few years ago, still great stuff. They yeah. never fail with their movies at all. Muppets Treasure Island, maybe not so much, but yeah, they, they always generally turn out great movies. And, and this is one of my favorites for sure. This is, uh, yes, I, I have seen this one fairly recently, actually, probably in the last four or five years, which may not sound that recent to some people in the chat, but uh, compared to some of the ones that I haven't seen in years and years, um, it, yeah, it was cute. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Muppets, you know, and, and um, it's unfortunate that they're not as popular. And I understand, you know, they are from a certain era and a certain time um, because, you know, they, they did have those two movies like Darren said, I think even um, uh, what's her face was in it too. Uh, Thirty Reed. Rock, um, Tina Fey. Oh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought those two movies were, you know, were cute, um, and they tried to have like a sitcom style uh, on ABC. I think that didn't really do that well. But I watched a few episodes and I actually thought it was really funny. I just think the Muppets are. Like today, it's hard to market them today, you know, mm-hmm. uh, f- because I mean, you know, people like us will get a kick out of it, but kids today, I, I don't think are into Muppets, you know, and, and, uh, and things like that. Like everything's becoming so hyper realist, hyper realistic, excuse me. Um, you know, with, with certain shows and, and kids shows and stuff that the Muppets, I don't know. I just don't think, I mean, like, you know, if you're two years old, sure. But, um, Muppets, I think, are just kind of a. It's tough to market the Muppets today, um, and I think that's why they kind of come and then they go away. They kind of come and they go away. They don't come and stay, um, which is too bad because I get a kick out of watching <laughs> watching some of the, <laughs> you know, Pepe the 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 prong or the yeah 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 fucking funny man Jesus he's funny you know and <laughs> and just just like it's just it's so the, it's it's brilliant puppeteering is what it is it's brilliant brilliant voiceover the, the brilliant Swedish puppeteering. chef yes the sweet chef would scare me as much as Michael Myers did absolutely terrifying this bad Swedish guy with no eyes and big fucking eyebrows <laughs> wandering around with a cleaver it was just absolutely what yeah. there's some like if you watch some of those things it's like sesame street you know like watching those old school sesame street kermit grovers they're fucking funny man they're really like it's brilliant you know to you know where like you got Grover, I fucking love Grover. He's he's always like, you know, he's always like, well, yeah, you know, hello, Kermit. And he comes in and he's trying to sell something, and then he can't. Sell. It's just so. It's 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 that that balance between what adults can enjoy and and what 
children will be mm. able to enjoy was mm-hmm. masterful. Yeah. You know what they did, just masterful. And and did, did uh, you get the Muppets in Australia, Chris? It's it's so big. Like my dad before um before I was born, dad would religiously watch the Muppets like as a man child, like in his undies. Like he he was the biggest <laughs> fan. I mean, you know, Animal. Mana, mana. Yeah, 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 Animal Muppet. But yeah, because. I grew up watching this, uh, Muppet Treasure Island. And then when I started high school, Muppets in in space, when they go to space mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah like, like you said, Dave, Pepe. Pepe in that film was so <sighs> funny. Just walking past a security guard who's smoking and Pepe's like, smoking is very bad for you. And just stuff yeah, like that. <laughs> but it's, it's so- like, like you said, it's puppetry at its finest because it's Jim Henson. Like yeah, the Henson yeah. company have just done banger after banger with their puppetry work like these guys did the ninja turtle costumes in the 1990 film and i still believe today that they are the teenage mutant ninja turtles not four blokes in foam latex suits 100 100 i i could not agree with you more and and yeah these it's just you know it's it's masterful it it really is the way that you forget that like even on i don't know if you get this with the movies with the Muppets, you must to some degree, but certainly even on Sesame street, you know, to be able to, um, you know, because you can see if you pay attention, you can see the sticks, you Mm. know, with, you know, when they move an arm or something like that, but the performance is so masterful. It's so brilliant that you, you, you don't care. It's, it's not even there. You don't even, you, you know, it's there, but you, you forget about it. Because yeah. it's so masterfully, masterfully done, you know, and and uh, oh yeah, some of the stuff is really funny. Grover, hello everybody, you know, he comes <laughs> in and he's just, you know, super Grover. He's so yeah. he's an idiot. He's a, he's a fucking idiot, and he's great. You know what I mean? He's fantastic. They're all fantastic. I love the uh, Sesame Street one where Ernie's just kind of there doing his own thing, and this, this guy, I forget his, I think his guy, I think he's called lefty or something and he he comes he's got like a fedora on and a little um uh trench coat and he's like hey you want to buy an eight you know what i mean and you know, <laughs> ernie's like uh, eight uh, and, you know and he opens <laughs> he opens his jacket and he's got all these letter eights in there like the way they taught children how to count and how to yeah. read and how to rhyme and how to was brilliant like you didn't even yeah. think you were learning mm-hmm. you know pst, do you want to buy an eight? You know, like, I mean, you know, and it's so funny. They're like, I got all these eights here, you know, and Ernie's like, oh, interesting. Uh, maybe, well, I don't know. <laughs> and it was also, you know, and they were Fantastic. talking about, what was it, the 80s, early 80s? It was incredibly diverse as well. Yes, it was. For the, for the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. But and, nothing, and I tell, this is no exception. Nothing top like, the Muppets a- movie, though. The Muppets movie <laughs> is king of yes, everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you get to the fork in the road, you know, make a left, and there's an actual huge fork right in <laughs> yeah. the road, uh, you know, and then they uh, they had all these guest stars, you know, on there. You know, Mel Brooks was trying to let Mark Hamill, Kermit. Sylvester yeah. Stallone. <laughs> it, 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 it is. Um, Fozzie, waka, waka, waka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting that a lo- I think a lot of the magic died when Jim Henson went. Um, mm. the, the 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 recent stuff, I think it, it's good, but it's not. You know, because obviously some of the voices are not the same. Um, I, it, it just has lost his magic touch. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I it's think, still good. It's right. still good. 
Frank Oz, <clears throat> I don't know how long he... Hi. He, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long he went for. I don't know if he stopped after Jim stopped, but you know, Frank Oz. I mean, Frank does, of course, Miss Piggy. You know, mm-hmm. Frank does uh, Bert. You know, from yeah, Sesame yeah. Street, and uh, did Frank do Grover too? He Yoda and Grover as well. Hey, Yoda, Yoda, of course, right. yeah, yep. famous for yep. Yoda, but. Uh, and I love Ernie and Bert. Bert is such a tight ass man. He's, so, he's such a he's <laughs> such such a tight ass. Geek, he's such out a tight turtle ass. fan. Uh, Stolter and Waldorf, the two old guys that sit on the the balcony of the, the theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the critics. Oh, yep. love them. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Puppetry. Anyways, we got off on a tangent about the Muppets in general, but but it's true. But this is this movie is another example of the brilliance of the Muppets and you, you craftsmanship, and, you know, yeah. Mm. Um, Darren's right. It is, it is a brilliant retelling um, of the story with the Muppets. And nothing's more depressing than seeing a disabled child Muppet as well <laughs> <laughs> with a little crutch. So thank you. Oh Darren, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With oh yeah. little, um, the Robin, his nephew, Robin, Hello, yeah. Robin. you can see him holding it there. Look. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's depressing. Um, I like Jesus. I don't know why. I must have been watching too much Sesame Street. You, you I like see, when Frank, uh, they were diverse sorry. then as well. <laughs> they were. They were. They, they were very. Oh, they do. They go. Did someone go on the back of the storage for Muppets and then had a, someone made Kermit look at his nephew go right in there in the front very of him. Inclusive. <laughs> very inclusive. I love. And this will be my last thing. This will be my last thing on this. I love because <laughs> it's funny as an adult now. Uh, Ernie wants to give his nephew, no, Bert wants to give his nephew a bath. I forget the, the, uh, <laughs> I forget the, I forget the, um, uh, the nephew's name, but he's really, really young and, and he just looks like, is it Robin? It's Robin. It Robin? Yeah. 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 Is it Halfway Robin? Halfway up the stairs. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> what? I can't make it with this bum talking about the same thing? Bert? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bert. Oh, I thought you were Bert. about Kermit's nephew. No, 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 no. Oh, so okay. in... <laughs> Bill, we'll call him Bill. We'll call the Muppet Bill. No, Bert. There's there's an episode of Sesame Street where Bert is wanting to give his nephew, who looks like a little Bert, and he just talks like this. But of course, they know what he's saying, right? And and Bert is just all you know. It's, you know, everything's got to be perfect, and the water's got to be this. And Ernie's just that casual guy that comes in and goes. Well, Bert, we can just throw in this, and we can throw in this, and just this 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 little this little mini Bert just going. <laughs> it's masterful. Like you watch it as an adult, and you're like, this is brilliant. Like it'll be our secret. Chris Chris Hansen from Frank, To Catch a Predator walks in. <laughs> Frank had to go there. Oh, stop it, you two! Stop it! It was I got the innocent. Nikon, Bert. It was innocent. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Moving on, Chris. Uh, how do I top that? Put a muzzle on me. All right. So I know a lot of people are going to say this isn't their favorite out of the home alone. And I'm purely going off nostalgia because of my experience with this. So I watched Home Alone 2 a lot more than Home Alone 1 when I was a kid. I was obsessed with New York when I was a kid. I hadn't been there yet. Um, but again, like, like I said with some of the other films, there was something so cool about New York in the late 80s, early 90s. It just was a vibe. It hit different. I loved watching it in film around that time. 
And anyway, my, my dad used to work for Qantas, the Australian airline. He worked there for 30 years, international uh, cabin supervisor on the planes, and he retired in 2001. And as he was winding down, the company encouraged um, people who were retiring to um, take their families on some of their last trips as like a last hurrah. And Qantas were cool and were like, we'll pay for their ticket, but, um, you know, you got to do the accommodation. Dad's like, that's fine. One of his last trips was LA to New York and then New York back to Sydney. And that was my first time going to LA, first time going to New York. And dad had to go off and do Qantas stuff. So mum and I wandered around New York. We um, I skated in the Rockefeller Center where Catherine O'Hara is at the end of the film waiting for Kevin. Oh, no, sorry, where Kevin is. And then Catherine O'Hara finds Kevin at the end there near the Rockefeller Center where the big tree is. We went to the Plaza Hotel. Unfortunately, we did not get a cameo by Donald Trump, which sucks. Um <laughs> It's and because just I, was busy, Chris, I was busy, Chris. I was busy. I was busy. You didn't book me on Cameo. It's fine. It's it. It's fine. Um, I got it. And it was just so. And we watched Home Alone two in New York when we were staying there. We made it. Cool. We made an effort to to watch it. And I've just always loved it. I love Tim Curry in this film. The I love you and just all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's so good in it. Even Rob Schneider is Cedric and nah. come along, Cedric. And just, yeah, it's so, look, it is a carbon copy of the first one because who the hell loses a kid twice? And how does Kevin run into <laughs> the sticky bandits now? Like, what are the chances of that? You kind of have to suspend your. Your, your disbelief it's a kid's and movie. just I go mean, into it have yeah, fun yeah. and like the the sticky bandits get even more fucked up in this one like marv gets electrocuted and becomes a skeleton at one point <laughs> i know <laughs> so stupid but i i adore it because of that experience i had with my parents in new york and i'm like this is so cool this is where it happens so big nostalgia hit for me personally but i still think it's a fun film and a fun christmas film I agree with you. I, Get I out of here, you nosy little pervert, before I slap you silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you. I, I think I think as far as sequels go, um, to, I mean, to a family, to a huge behemoth of a blockbuster like Home Alone, what are you going to do? Mm. Like, what do you like? What are you going to do? Clearly, the studio wants to do something, right? And it's like, well, what do we do? I mean, we're not going to be able to do it twice. So, why don't we write a similar story that kind of finds him in a similar situation, a few years older, and put him in New York? You know, I think that's sort. I think I don't know if that still is the case, but I think you know, I think studios tend to do that. Just like, oh, what do we do? Well, let's put them in New York. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's put them in you know the Big Apple and see what happens. But um, I agree, it's, it's not as good as the first one. Not nearly as charming as the first one. Um, like the first one, you really feel that 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 emotional pull, um, yeah. especially towards the end with the old man and the and the and the you know the family and his son and you know the reconciling and all that. Um, with this one, obviously, there's the pigeon lady, and you know mm -hmm. they try to kind of replicate that a little bit, but and it's there, but it's it's you know it's it, it's just well, like you said, it's the same thing. Uh, it's it's a lesser version of the original, but it's still good because it's for kids. So yeah. you know, yeah. There, there is a. Um, I love how in every single one of these movies, the family that has tortured Kevin. You know, growing up, there's always a, 
um, uh, what's his big brother's name? Buzz's Buzz. girlfriend. Woof. You know, and uh, <laughs> I know, but there's oh, the family. You would think, you know, Kevin's dad must make a lot of money because one one time they're in the first one they're flying off to Paris for Christmas. And then in the sequel, they're going to Florida for Christmas. And both of their trips absolutely suck. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, one, they can't understand the language and everybody has, you know, shrimp for, you know, Christmas dinner. And then yeah. Florida was absolutely rainy and they were in some kind of seedy hotel. Yeah. <laughs> but Kevin love, seems to be um, living the life, you know. Love what uh, Uncle Frank says when they're in the van. He's like, well, didn't look this bad on our honeymoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is real crystal. Put it in your purse. <laughs> the, the tape recorder that Kevin has in this movie, what's it called? Like a talk boy or a talkie That's boy it. or something? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was made for like it's it's a fake thing. It wasn't, you know what I mean? But since this movie was also, a, you know, uh, a big hit, um, they started to release those as actual recorders that you can buy in the stores, kids, kids things. And I, and mm-hmm. my sister was seeing 90, this came out in 92. So I was 13. My sister was like, uh, she's eight years younger than me. So she was like, uh, um, uh, five, I guess, if the math in my head is right. Um, and, uh, she got one for Christmas and I took it from her and <laughs> because I'm the audio tape recorder guy. She's five. What does she need with it? You know what I mean? She's so, going to break was, it. Yeah, exactly. And there were different <laughs> speeds and everything. And I'm all like, <laughs> I'm like, hi. <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> how do you do? Yeah. You know, do? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. It was, it was, yeah, it was uh, not as big as the first movie, but, but certainly uh, um, popular in its own right. One of those refrigerators you have to unlock with a key. Credit oh, card, you got it. <laughs> yeah. that's right. The you father. Got it. And the <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the father. <laughs> what are you on? Holy shit! <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I have seen it. Unfortunately, again, it's one of those films that's not part of my childhood. Um, so I feel like I've missed out a little what bit. What a depressing, miserable childhood you had, Dan. Hands up, things asses were part of your childhood, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was about 20 when this came out, so I wouldn't have watched it, you know. That <laughs> I would have go see Passenger Aaron, 57. Aaron, not with these losers. Darren, you were 53 when this came out. I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've seen it. I have seen it once. I Again, I love all the kind of the wet band stuff and and um is this the one with joe pesci and the blowtorch on his head or is that the, the original first one as the first one i mean that yeah. scene no just this, makes this is me... the one where he turns the light on and ignites his head and then he puts his head in the toilet that kevin puts gasoline into and it blows up the whole room <laughs> <laughs> all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> i want to know it's how right. kevin like said all because he set it up in his like uh in that house that was it was like a his uncle's house was being renovated yeah yeah it was like a brownstone or something and Mm -hmm. and like where did kevin get all this shit (laughs) he um he read the book that nancy uh read uh booby traps and entire improvised anti-perfect of course (laughs) see that's all you need in the kid and that now now it's justified you see (laughs) yes 
Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate how popular it is and how, how uh, much of a success it was as well when, when the movie mm-hmm. first came out. Remind me, was the third movie Macaulay Culkin? I can't remember. No, it no. was a completely different kid named Alex, and it has to do with international terrorists that want a missile chip. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is- yeah, it went dark. Really it dark. This is yeah. like Alf. Yeah. <laughs> it's as dark as hell. Yeah. Oh man. There is no dying children in the part of the part three. No, 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 no. I I didn't see any of the others. I just saw the first two. I haven't even seen Home Sweet Home Alone, the one that came out last oh. year with Reese Witherspoon, yeah. Jojo Rabbit, just it's Disney. No, it awful. Yeah. Right. Okay, Dave. Your next one is. Oh yes. yes. Now, um, now let me say that to all you diehard people out there, uh, you could look at this movie and you could also say, well, it's not really a Christmas movie. You know, it does take place at Christmas time, but it's not like at the end of the movie, there's a strong moral message that's <laughs> learned by the people, <laughs> you know, and all this. So it's, it's not, I, I admit that it is not a traditional Christmas movie, but, but again, that's where you have to sort of, you know, separate, you know, what are we measuring? What are the categories? I think this would be seen as a Christmas horror movie uh, because it takes place at Christmas time. And I think Christmas horror movies are different than just Christmas movies because generally speaking in Christmas horror movies, there's not really a lesson that's learned necessarily, um, you know, because sometimes they can just end horribly. Uh, So, but I'm not going to go on and on here. I mean, you know, all the viewers probably know, uh, you know, what I think of this movie. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's dated. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's dated. It's a, it's a slow burn. Um, it's a niche film, cult film. Uh, it's a classic in its own right. Predates Halloween by four years. Um, and was one of the first films, if not the first uh, major feature to introduce the, you know, the calls are coming from within inside the house um thing uh and then i think it was five years later that when a stranger calls uh replicated it um but there is a what's great about this is because the one thing that i really like about this movie a lot of christmas movies tend to be okay i can't say a lot of them but well you know i can say a lot not all of them but a lot of christmas movies tend to be sort of um you know whimsical and 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 silly and 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 you know that kind of thing um this is a movie that although it's 1974 one of the things that bob clark wanted to do was and again it's dated i understand that but you know you have to think about it within context of its time period he wanted to have all the girls in the movie like playing it straight like that i know Margot is a bit of a you know uh a bit uh eccentric but um they all like they're not archetypal they're not like you have like the bimbo and the and and the slut and this and that like you know they're they they sound like real women they sound like real friends um again it might be a bit dated now but certainly back then that was bob clark's motivation because he wanted you to really you know them to feel like real people um, and I think the juxtaposition of that, the contrast of, of that realism, you know, between these, uh, these performances and it feeling kind of just natural. And then you have this horrific event that happens. Um, it's one thing to watch like a movie like Silent Night, Deadly Night, or, you know, 
uh, Christmas bloody Christmas or whatever that is, um, where it is supposed to be just, it's Christmas time, but you don't necessarily feel the juxtaposition. You don't necessarily feel the contrast because everything is so extreme, you know? Mm. Whereas this is something where you really feel the normalcy of the holiday and they play it straight. It's like having a drama and then something horrific happens. And, um, and there's no soundtrack. It's just piano. It's just, it's eerie soundscape and shit. And I've always really, for me, it's a movie, basically what I'm trying to say here is it's a movie where I can really feel that contrast that, you know, the opening of the film with the POV shot, climbing the trellis into the attic, but you hear like, you know, the Christmas music inside it's playing it straight. It's very similar to almost like, um, if I can actually say this, although I don't like the movie at all, the opening of Jaws, the revenge, you know, where you have, like, you really get a sense of like, it's playing it straight. It's not being silly. It's not being satirical, you know? And when, uh, Sean is dying and, and the carolers are, you know, and you mm -hmm. hear the Christmas music, it, it's very eerie and it's very yeah. strange and uncomfortable because you mm -hmm. really feel that contrast because the filmmakers are playing it straight. They're not being silly or, you know, ironic or anything. It's just like, no, this is a horrific thing that's happening on Christmas Eve. And yeah. I think I, I kind of feel that with this movie, you know, it, it, it you, you know, you get that sense again, dated, right 1974 mm -hmm. but it's there and and i really appreciate that 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 contrast and yeah. um you know it's an iconic slasher that uh that uh sort of was kind of the beginning of that so there there is something about a black christmas and the way it's filmed at night and also the way that a christmas story is also filmed at night you can interchange them because the lighting, when it gets the snow being lit up and it's dark in certain areas, it's Bob Clark. It's right. Bob Clark all the way. He has something about turning something that's supposed to be magical and just really turning it upside down on its head mm. and making it, it was scary. The same DP. I don't know. But, um, it's, but when, when you could see when um, at the end of the Christmas story, where uh, Ralphie's mom and dad are listening to the radio, looking at the tree and looking outside. It's, it's almost like it could be put in the Black Christmas universe. Interesting. The same thing. I have to and watch you can that. almost think that, you know, that. Billy is in the <laughs> right. in Ralphie's house for Christ's right. sake. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, I, I, I love it. And, and, and I think it, it, you know, it, it does have its fans, obviously, and and mm -hmm. and obviously we did a you know uh, a sequel to it, and uh, chapter two, Indiegogo this spring. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> hey man, <laughs> if, if, if I'm not going to do it. <laughs> get it out um, there. Go on. <laughs> get it out there. Get it out there. Um, but it's it's. I think it's 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 slowly over the years gaining more and more appreciation, um, but it never spawned a series, right? There were only two remakes in 06 and 19. It never had a series. It never had any sequels. Um, so it didn't embed itself into the pop culture like uh, the other films did uh, during the late 70s, early 80s. Um, so it's kind of one that kind of gets forgotten. And, and I understand, like I said, it's a slow burn. It's not for everybody. Um, but I think what it does really well it does really well mm -hmm. and it's very eerie. Um, and yeah. uh, yeah, so uh, definitely. How are you on this, uh, Chris? So I actually watched this so I could watch It's Me, Billy a while ago. Okay. Um, I'd cool. always heard about it and I kept forgetting that 
John Saxon was in this as Lieutenant or Lieutenant Fuller. So I believe it's Lieutenant Fuller. Yeah. Um, so I watched it in preparation for It's Me, Billy, because obviously I've been wanting to watch that and I've figured I better watch the first one. And you're right. It's, it's not what people think it will be. It's, as you say, Dave, it's the mood, it's the atmosphere, it's the slow burn, but it's a great damn little film. And it's so strange that nothing came of it in terms of, I wouldn't say like, you know, a full franchise, but, you know, a sequel or two. Um, and then I watched It's Me, Billy, and it's just so cool to see what, yourself bruce and the cast and the crew have done you know you should be really proud of that not to not to appreciate that thank you get get all mushy with it but yeah it's really cool that you guys have kind of continued that legacy on so i'm keen to see what you guys do with chapter two but yeah i think it's a very unique little horror film and someone said in the chat there's something about horror and christmas that just go together and i think it's it's like a classy Horror movie, if that makes sense, just the just the way it's 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 shot. It's not over the top gore in your face. It's it's tastefully done in a terrifying and slow burn kind of way. It's like the original Halloween in many yeah. respects. You know, exactly. what I mean that that kind of its mood, its atmosphere. Um, you know, and and it's it's tastefully done. Um, so, yeah, I can understand mm. that. Um, There's but usually that's what something. It is. There's something in, within these holidays where you talk about Halloween. Usually um, it's a pumpkin that makes you feel unsettling. For me, in Black Christmas, it's Christmas lights for some reason that mm-hmm. make me, give me the feel unsettling. It's, it's the flashing. It's like you're focusing on them. And, uh, you know, most of the times, you know, people are being strangled by them. Let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's certain aspects of each holiday that can make one feel creepy about them. And I think, too, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. I think what really makes the film creepy too is that it's an old movie. And Mm -hmm. I think there is something to be said about the production value when you watch a Mm -hmm. film like Halloween or when you watch a film like Black Christmas, there's a coziness to it. There's a, it's in the past, it's long ago. It's, it's, it's that time, you know, especially when you can sort of, I mean, obviously these, you know, I was born in 79. So these movies were, uh, you know, before I was born, but I, I can remember the eighties and I can remember sort of that, that time. And, 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 and there's a, there's just the production value and the way it looks and there, there's a, you know, the way it's lit and it's shot on film, of course. And, you know, you really feel that coziness of Christmas. Uh, and then you throw in, of course, all the, all the bad stuff. And it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great little film. Um, classy. I think that's a, it's a, that's a good way to put it, mm. Chris. It's, it's um, you know, it's like watching an old forties you know, Hitchcock film or something or, you know, hmm. like that. If they only Chris, had cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, Chris, Chris, you're right with what you say there, that, that there's something about Christmas and, and horror that go together. Hmm. And there aren't many Christmas horror films out there. There's not a lot. We, we were doing an episode on Barry's channel last week. We were really struggling to find good um, Christmas horror movies because there's there's not a great great deal of them, but they right. do go together so well. Does the season and 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 the horror, the horror theme? Um, I remember when I was working in cinemas years ago. It was the end of the night. We were closing down the cinema, and I just said, "I'm just going to go to the toilet." And I went to the toilet, and they left the building. They they totally forgot I'd gone to the loo. <laughs> they left the building. And all the lights went out in this multiplex cinema. I was in there on my own. And I came out of the bathroom and I was looking around and it was pitch black. 
And all I could hear in the background was Carol of the Bells. I was absolutely bricking it in there. (laughs) Really. I was just like, oh my, this is before cell phones. I didn't didn't have a cell phone or anything. I was literally, I went out to the front doors and they were about to pull off in the, in the, in the, in the van that used to take us home. We had like a minibus or whatever it was. And I was banging on the glass and they just couldn't hear me at all. And all, all I could hear was the banging of the glass and, and the pitch black. <laughs> horrible. Absolutely horrible. And so, yeah, I, there's something about, like what you were saying earlier, about the, 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 the low production values, the almost like, you know, with Halloween and Texas Chainsaw. There's yeah. something about that kind of camaraderie of a bunch of young filmmakers getting together with a limited budget and producing what they did in those three films mm. that has a kind of lasting effect, almost to the, to the point where you feel like, I'm watching something here that feels a little wrong. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, and that's what I get from Black Christmas all the time. It's, yeah. it's, there's, there's something stirring all the time when I watch it and it's, I, I, it's really effective. And, and we all know that Carpenter was influenced by it when he made Halloween and you can see it when you watch it, you can definitely mm-hmm. see it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me if, if, uh, why I think there was never any sequels made. And, and, and I said, well, you know, it's 1974. I said it, it did okay here, but in the U S you know, it had, had a bit of a stop and start, right? I mean, in, in the States, it was released under silent night, uh, evil night, not black Christmas because they were worried it was going to be, you know, perceived as a black exploitation film. Uh, and then, uh, it changed again to, I think when it was going to be airing on NBC, um, or not necessarily NBC, but one of the three networks at that time, uh, it was going to be called, they were going to air it on TV as, uh, the stranger in the house or something like that. And, um, actually if you, uh, Google black Christmas on rotten tomatoes, it's still, it actually says the stranger in the house or something ridiculous like that. And, uh, but they pulled it because of, uh, Ted Bundy because it was in and around the time that uh-huh. Bundy was um, uh, infiltrating, you know, dorms and, and, and things like that. So they thought that that might not be a good idea. So it, it's had sort of a, a, you know, a wonky relationship uh, mm. when, it, when it tried to go to the, the States and it could never really grab an identity, I think. Um, and then, of course, Halloween is the movie that set off, you know, the golden age of slasher movies. I think if Black mm. Christmas had come out in 79, 80, um, I think there probably would have been a sequel or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Okay. Who's next? Frank, I think. Right. Let's have a look. Joey Noel, a uh, foreign film. Uh, there's English in here. Uh, <laughs> it, it deals with the. Uh, uh, the actual real event of the 1914 uh, Christmas truce uh, between the French, the Germans, and the English. Uh, in this movie, it's the Royal Scots, uh, the Belgians, uh, French, and German, uh, dealing with for one day, for 24 hours, the 24th to the 25th of December, that all sides were going to separate their differences and come together as brothers and as men and celebrate the Christmas season just for one day. 
Um, it's a very touching story. It, it infuriated the generals on each side because nobody felt that if you knew who your enemy was and actually dealt with them and talked to them and speak with them and played soccer with them, football, uh, you weren't going to go and kill them. Um, that happens actually in this movie. It actually does uh, prevent uh, – there, there's some – there, there's some uh, people in here, uh, some soldiers that help each other uh, from bombardment of shells, uh, lets them know how to get through their, uh, their, their fenced-in sides to make it through so they can get to their families. It teaches us that with whatever is going on in the world, we just need to be people to each other. And there, it, it, it's not all you know, uh, happiness and, and Merry Christmas. There's actually one part where a guy uh, – his name's Jonathan, uh, was able to shoot a German soldier just because he remembers his brother being killed uh, by a German, while other people couldn't do it because this was their friend for 24 hours, and he had no mm. problem with it. So there's actually some actual gore in some uh, real sad parts of this movie, but it's uh, it's it's a great movie, and it actually mm. teaches us, you know, we should actually be putting our sides, putting our differences away uh, for Christmas and actually come together um, mm. It's it's a great movie, great movie. I've, I've actually is. never it's, seen it. Good it it's good. I mean, it. I, mean, I think um, it was called Merry Christmas in in the UK when it came out. Um, it it it's 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 amazing that these guys, these young guys, just just put their differences aside for twenty four hours, played a game of football, and then. Shared, you know, 20, shared things, yeah they, yeah. they they sparked friendships. Fought over when a cat. That, when the truce was over, they just picked up their weapons and started killing each other again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a, it's an incredible story, and uh, you know I've seen it a Makes few times. Alf look tame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can be a uh, a birth giving or birth helping midwife Alf. You guys were ribbing on me about that. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. A truce. And then when it's over, they all start murdering each other. Yeah. 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 Have, have you seen it, Chris? No, I have not. I'm very intrigued uh, to see it now. It's a good film. It yeah. Is a good yeah. Film. It's, 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 it's film. heartwarming to know that when it comes down to it. Mm. Is know, it recent? 2005. Yeah. 15, yeah. 20 years old, something like so that. So you may recognize the man right there. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daniel, Daniel Brühl, isn't it? Daniel Brühl, who was yeah. in um, uh, the Avengers movie, right? Infinity War? No, not Infinity War. Um, Civil War. Okay. Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Civil he, War. He, he was. He, he played one of the the guys that uh, actually um, uh, showed Tony that uh, Winter Soldier's character was the one who sh- killed his family, killed his parents. Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 And he was also and in he, Glorious Bastards. He was also he in was. that as well. That's uh, right. It, yes. And he, and the, he played Nicky Lauder. Bender and all that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played Nicky Lauder in um, Rush, the Ron Howard Oh, yeah, I know. Film. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, Diane Kruger's in it. And, and because, hey, if you have, have to have a German speak uh, German in it, you might as well have Diane Kruger in it. Mm. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it goes to that uh, old adage. It's not, what is it? The, the, the generals are the ones who make war. But it's the young soldiers who have to fight them. Yeah. Um, and you know, if we cannot be nice for each other for one day, you know, we shouldn't be nice to each other at all. Then, but this is a great tale of putting differences aside for one day, and knowing that we're all just the same. Yeah. Get a little cool. sentimental there. 
Big oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's no Muppet on a crutch, but you know, hey. That that should be the next movie, Muppet on a crutch. Yeah. <laughs> with a, with a Loomis walk, right? Hello there. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> you Swedish oh. chef, get over here. Where's my yeah. gin? Hi, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Uncle Kermit. <laughs> Christmas, bloody Christmas. Speaking of um, Christmas, bloody Christmas. That's right. Yeah, I um I watched this film this morning. Um, I'd seen uh, that Barry and and Lee had done uh, reviews over on Wolfman's Got Nards and and Drum Dums, and I'd known about this film coming out for a while. It's Joe Bigos who did VFW, which is the one with all the kind of Vietnam vets in trapped in the, um, in the bar with all the, I think they're vampires or whatever they are that are trying to get in. It's a kind of a, a, a um, from dust till dawn type movie. I, I don't think they are vampires, whatever they are. Um, but anyway, Christmas bloody Christmas has been on my radar for a little while now. Um, and when they reviewed the movie yesterday, um, they, they just were really, really gushing about it. So I watched it this morning and I thought it was good. I really did think it was good. I haven't seen Violent Night yet, so I can't really compare it to that. But this is this is a lot of fun. This is a uh, military grade um uh Santa Claus. It's a, it's a it's a Santa Claus that's been decommissioned from military, military use. Grade. Yeah, it's it's been used. It's it's kind of like a a, a robot that's been used for uh, in, in during warfare, and they've mm. kind of retired them, and they're using them now as store Santas. One of them goes a bit wonky, and then starts to terrorize a bunch of people uh, with an axe, as most Santas do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, there's 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 some great set pieces in this film of this kind of robot Santa going around. He start he looks human like to begin with, and then like the Terminator, as he gets more damaged, he becomes more robot like. It's it's good fun. It's uh, it's fairly low budget, but they've done a good job with it. Um, the the, the photography is interesting. It's got this kind of red and green hue throughout the film, hmm. um, which I'm not sure whether I liked or not. But you can the see films, that in this image too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's constant all the time. The the the, mm. the background colors are changing from red to green all the time. I and mean, it, it's colorblind. Must love this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's worth a watch. It really is. It premiered on Shudder yesterday, um, and you know horror fans seem to be really lapping it up. And it's all practical as well. That's the great mm. thing about it. Mm. The practical effects in this film are really kind of kitschy. A bit similar to um, uh, what was that brawl in Cell Block? Cell Block, um, oh, the Vince Vaughn thing. The Vince yeah. Vaughn thing. Uh, if, yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, the, the effects are very similar to that. All practical, a little bit kind of seventies uh, and eighties looking, but really good fun. Um, mm. And so I think it's going to do well. For, I know Shudder are in a bit of bother at the moment, aren't they? Um, and I think that this will do well for them over the next few weeks. So. Uh, Definitely recommended. Um, I don't think either of you have seen this one, have you? No, I haven't no. seen it yet. No, no. But Universal it's, it's, Santa. I want to see it now. Yeah, just yeah, that I'm image intrigued. alone is like I got to see this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it is good fun. It, 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 you know, some of the and it, and they do a really good job of building the characters beforehand before all the kind of carnage takes place. So the mm. it's it's sort of a slow burn. The first forty five minutes are kind of getting to know everybody, and it, and it's pretty. 
I know Lee brought this up on uh, on on his channel. It's it's very there's a lot of profanity in it. I mean, a lot of f bombs and c bombs and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty. You know, it's one if you've got kids, you want to keep the volume down on this one. Um, but as long as you're not offended by anything like that, then it's totally fine. Uh, and um, it, like I said, it does a good job of establishing these characters and then pulling the trigger on a lot of them. Um, it's good. It's good fun. Cool. Yeah. That's okay. cool. I, I, I'm definitely going to check this out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch yeah. it tonight. Yeah, for sure. You, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Okay, next, Chris. I think it's your final one. one. Is this your this last is one? One. Okay, so before we do it, I need to do this first. Merry Christmas! Uh, thank you. That was the best intro ever. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> vacation. My mother so, loved that line too. It doesn't help that when my dad was younger, he was a spitting image of Chevy Chase around this time, (laughs) so much so that I actually put up uh, two days ago on my Instagram story, I was at mum and dad's and I found a photo of dad in the late 80s with his white disco loafers on looking exactly like Chevy Chase. But what I love about this is it's a massive it, it really hones in on the fact that christmas time can be fucking stressful when it comes to families like mm-hmm. nothing's perfect sometimes it can be an absolute shit fight some families don't get along you've got things with um ellen's parents in the film beverly d'angelo's character mm-hmm. um you know that they're not exactly fond of clark and the dad's always you know that that non-approving dad clark doesn't get his bonus and stuff like that and I, what i love is how well written it is that it can be it's it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year but also it can be the most stressful time of the year mm-hmm. um but it just has so much going for it the casting's on point it's just a typical quirky john hughes humor but again i love it how it's a massive statement of sometimes family can be an absolute shit show you can't you know can't choose your family <laughs> yeah it's, yeah this is uh i mean this this is the one i think everybody or most people probably uh, think of when they think of the vacation films as being their their favorite. My favorite is still the first one from '83, the Wally mm-hmm. World one. Um, yeah. That I mean, that's just that's that's like uh, I don't know if your father. You said your dad sort of looked like uh, Chevy Chase at that age. My father. Uh, <laughs> was Chevy Chase <laughs> that you know he was he was one of those guys now I, I I've told this before to Darren and Frank but um I think this is before I was born so this might have been the mid 70s they had all gone to the drive-in to see a movie I don't know which movie it was uh but of course that's back at the you know the day where the actual speaker to the movie is on the outside of the car right so mm-hmm. uh you know you're not getting a signal through your uh radio or anything and and my dad my mother told me, uh, put mosquito netting all around, you know, the open windows of the car because you had to have the windows open in order to hear the movie coming from the speaker. And my dad mosquito netted himself out of the car. 
So he, <laughs> he didn't think to like, he put it all around and everything. And then now he's, he's, he doesn't know how to get back Shit. in, you know? And he's like, Jesus Christ, right. shit, I can't get back in the car. My dad was, I mean, as brilliant as a writer as he was, he, you know, he was, he, he, he did things like that sometimes. So uh, my mother always used to tell me, God, whenever I see Chevy Chase, especially in, um, uh, Fletch as well. Yeah. Uh, cause obviously in, in, in those films, he's, he's a, uh, newspaper guy. So that was right up, you know, my dad's alley. And, and, um, so, um, or a reporter or I forget what he was now, but anyway, something like that. So I've always loved the vacation movies and I always get a kick out of Chevy Chase's performance and Christmas vacation is probably my second favorite. Um, I've, I've warmed to European, uh, more over yep. the years. I didn't quite yep. like it early on because I didn't think it was as strong as a follow-up as it could have been to the original, but, uh, I've warmed to it, but Christmas vacation is, is, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, it's a classic. And, and like you said, Chris, and you're absolutely right. I don't care who you are, everybody. I don't care how nice your family is. I don't care how well you get along with your family. We all can relate to this on some level, on mm. some level, we all can relate to the, Oh God, we got to get everybody together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and oh God, let's hope everybody does. Do we invite Aunt Carol? No, we just should, should we invite Aunt Carol? I don't know. You want to invite Aunt Carol? Oh, I don't know. You think we should, wow, but if Aunt Carol comes and Uncle Bob can't come, but if Uncle Bob I'm comes, Steve can't up. come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? We all can. And if we can't, if you are fortunate to just where your entire family just gets along, uh, you must know somebody or know some family where, you know, this is at, or you've been to a dinner with a family or, or maybe it's your in-laws or whoever and you're absolutely bang on this this captures that that uh in a fun satirical not to be taken too seriously kind of way it's it's just yeah it's it's great yeah it's been nipple out <laughs> <laughs> can't see the line can you rust <laughs> yeah. no, no, it's, a, it's such a quotable movie right the, I mean, the the monologue about his boss is a hopeless dickless you know four flushing oh, you know so keeps going on and on and on and then you know you got where's the aunt, tylenol yeah. <laughs> you have aunt bethany uh saying did i break wind and then uncle <laughs> lewis you know uncle lewis going you know did the room clear out you know you yeah. couldn't hear a dump truck going through a nitroglycerin plant yeah that's and, right uh, I it's, love it, that shot when the Christmas tree explodes. You just see in the background, and he comes in, and the dad's there with the cigar, just yeah. So, and the cat. So what's the it, matter it, with you? The cat that has been like burned and embedded into the carpet looks like one of those Looney Tunes have gone through like the wall, yep. like you know the little outline of the of yep. the character. It's so it's so silly. It's so funny and how he gets upset and how he's because that would be me too. Like I would, I'm the kind of not necessarily with Christmas lights, but if I was like you know really excited to show you guys you know something, mm-hmm. I had made something and I'm like I gotta show Darren and Frank and Chris. I gotta get them. Yeah, I'm all excited. It's gotta be perfect. It's gonna be perfect. Show, the, it's gotta be perfect. Exactly, exactly. I gotta show you this. You gotta see what I done here. You know, and and then it doesn't work. You know, and so every time I see him going. Come on, come on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can, t- I can feel it. I can totally feel that. You know what I mean? And everybody's like, oh. you know, you can feel the pressure. The eyes <laughs> yeah. are on you. It's not working. Christ, whatever. <laughs> and didn't you tell me, um, Darren, that uh, was it you that told us that Chevy Chase like broke his finger or something, kicking over the lawn Santa or something? Could have been. I can't remember. Frank and I, I think, did an episode on this a year ago. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I'm just going to share this with you. I saw this in, like I said, in the spring of like 91 or 92 when it was released. <laughs> um, but look at that. Oh, yeah. wow. That's legit. <laughs> Chevy got a pirate hat on? I don't know what's going on there. It looks like Napoleon. <laughs> you know what's so, so dumb about this is that why don't you just, I, I understand why they didn't, but, and what is that holiday that they're celebrating? You know, it's like, it's not Boxing like they're, day. it's not like they're on a vacation in February. Right. So I'm like, yeah. just call it Christmas vacation. You know, I mean. Yeah, it was, it, like I say, they, it obviously came out in the U S and there, there was no distribution deal in the UK. And then Warner's, it probably did some decent business in the U S Warner's probably thought, okay, let's get it out there. Um, but we can't call it Christmas vacation because mm-hmm. it's not Christmas. Christmas so they just called it winter holiday. And I'm pretty sure it was released in the March of, of the, the year after it came out in, uh, in the U S. But How did they do the song in the beginning, Darren. They just, oh, it, all, it? it was all, it's, the film was identical. It was just titled differently. That's all just because they missed that Christmas opportunity. And this is also the only vacation movie not to have Holiday Road. Oh, really? I okay. Realize that Holiday huh. Road is not in this movie. Okay. Wow, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the the best. The, it's one of the better uh, vacation movies. I think I, it's one of those that's that's really grown on me over the years because it's it's become such a staple over here now. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum's a huge fan of this film, um, and it, and it's all um, a lot of it is down to Randy Quaid's performance in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. that scene when he's kind of emptying the shitter in the street, <laughs> and it zooms in on his face as he's—it's almost like he's—he's he's kind of like exporting it all himself. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. yes. he's got that kind of pleasured look on his face. That's right. That's right. <laughs> look at my coming out the feet. <laughs> I love at the beginning when they're driving in the station wagon and um uh he's like uh he's like fa la 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 take it Russ and he doesn't say anything and he just goes and then he drives like under the truck as if like to be able to you would have to be driving the exact same speed without even going a mile an hour ahead or behind to be able to keep pace with that truck. I'm gonna burn some dust here. <laughs> so great. Eat yeah, my yeah. rubber. Eat, 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 yeah, my eat rubber. rubber, burn some dust. <laughs> and then of course, you know, they, they you know they bring snots, who is my favorite character. Of course. <laughs> and the, you hear the dog underneath with the chicken bone. No, he's like, no, no, he's probably been going through the garbage here. So every time, and also for Thanksgiving, you know, American Thanksgiving, I deep fry a turkey. And of course, Darren has to take the piss all the time and, and <laughs> for me a picture of the turkey being opened up on, on from Christmas vacation. The- <laughs> Uh, it's the way it all, it's like it's just dry i love too and i think i've mentioned this on my channel before where um you know where and 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 this is i'm sure you've had this over you know in the uk as well where and, and i don't know if they 
still do this, but obviously some radio stations, TV stations will, will, will get into the spirit and will you know, do forecasts on where Santa's mm -hmm. sleigh is and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, and if you have little kids, it's brilliant. It's perfect. Right. Cause it mm. seems so real and they're, and, and, and they're, they're, they're playing it like it really is real. Right. So of course, you know, you have that scene where Clark goes, kids, 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 I heard that, uh, I forget what he said. He's like, Santa's sleigh is uh, just over such and such. Going to be here soon. You know, you know, something to that degree. <laughs> and cousin Eddie, you know, because he's such a dolt, he's eating. He's like, you serious, Clark? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. the, way, it's the way he says, you sit like, like, and, the, and, you know, Chevy Chase's face is like, you know, no, obviously not, but fucking go with it. You know, like, don't, don't. His don't, eyes don't, get don't. big, right? He's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, just you know, go with it. Don't no, but it of course Eddie would miss it. Like he he would complain like he thinks Clark's being serious. You know what I mean? And of course he does. Eddie could is completely out to lunch because he's not the kind of father that would would you know do that to his um kids at all. I mean, he he wouldn't he wouldn't care to be like, kids, kids, come in here, you know. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. But Clark is always trying to be the family man, you know? Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. anyway, it's just such a such a such a great movie. And get you something real nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so slimy. You can hear his saliva. <laughs> okay. Um, Dave, your next one is or your final one. It's Chris. Number isn't it? one. No, that was no, my this one. was Chris. You're up, man. Oh, oh, okay. oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, Dave's yeah. favorite that, that Christmas was, movie. I thought it was Darren's for some reason. Here we go. All right. One Magic Christmas. Mm. This is a, is this a Canadian movie or is this, I know it's Disney, but is this considered? Um, was it really Disney? Yes. Walt Disney. Yep. Yeah. Walt Disney. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. It was released. No, it was released. Uh, so it says here it's uh, 1985 released by Walt Disney Pictures starring Mary Steenburgen. Remember Mary mm -hmm. Steenburgen? Harry Dean uh, Stanton. Stanton. Yeah. He was born yeah. old. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, walk on the mile, walk on the mile, walk on the mile. Um, I think that was him, right? In the green yeah, mile. Yeah. Um, so uh, it was shot in Meaford, Ontario, and some scenes were shot in Owen Sound, Ontario. Now, where I am in Toronto on Lake Ontario, uh, that's probably about Owen Sound's probably about three and a half hours north of me. Meaford, maybe two hours north. So very rural. Um, I mean, they're you know small towns, but certainly not. Uh, uh, huge. And so it was shot up here. And um, I have always, where, where are you guys here? There you are. I have always really loved this movie. Um, I think it is, uh, it's got that magic. It's got that, you know, um, Christmassy feel to it. But what I love about this movie the most is, what's the actor's name now? He's dead. He died in 2009. Uh, I don't know how you would pronounce it. He, he's Czech. He's a Czech Canadian, actually. Actually, it says here he was a Czech Canadian bass opera singer and actor. Jeez, crazy. Yeah, right. uh, but it's I I'm guess a hockey it's, player. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess he he was born 1920. The first name is J A N. Is that Jean Jean? I guess Jean Ladislav Rubis Rubes. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but anyway, he plays Santa Claus in this movie, and. Man, is he ever a good-looking Santa Claus? Like I, mm. I, you know what? There are there's the traditional look with the big white beard that you see at the mall and all that kind of stuff. I forget who I was having this conversation with. Maybe it was Tony. Um, where it, you know, 
however your Santa looks, whether it's a mall Santa or you want to take your kids to Santa or you want to have a Santa at a work party, you know, a Christmas for the kids. I'm a stickler for if the Santa looks like shit, I mean, it's because you have to preserve the integrity of the magic. You gotta, you, it's gotta be believable. And some mall Santas you see, you're like, hey, clearly this looks like Kevin from, you know, maintenance. He's 16. I can see his zits, you know, like this hmm. is, I mean, this is not working. And every now and then you come across a mall Santa or a department store Santa and you're like, whoa, that's, that's a, that, that, that beard is real. Like this guy is clearly in his sixties. It's probably what he does, you know, and it's just this nice, big, thick beard. And he, he looks the part and all that. Yeah. Look, look at that. Look at that. And that was a real beard, his real wow. hair. Uh, like the eyebrows. Eyebrows. Well, the eyebrows may have been added on, but, uh, <laughs> it's like so something out of Lord of the Rings, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, like if you can find some other photos, but, but but he looked so good. And the way, like, it, I'm not surprised that it says here on his Wikipedia page that he was a bass opera singer because he has mm. such a nice, you know, when he says to Mary Steenburgen's character at the end of the movie, Merry Christmas, he's like, Merry Christmas. You know, he's, it's just mm -hmm. the way it's like, oh, that's Santa Claus. Like, that's, that sounds, that's not Tim Allen. You know, that's, that's Santa Claus. You know what I mean? It's so magical. Um, and he played him beautifully. And, 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 uh, um, so the story is essentially about Mary Steenburgen's character who doesn't believe in Santa Claus anymore, hates Christmas, doesn't believe in it. And my God, I have two tragic things here on my list. You got Alf and now this. Um, <laughs> oh, this is dark, is, David. Yeah, it is dark. dark. It, it, it is dark. So, but, but there's a lesson. So, uh, Stanton plays Gideon, as you can see here in the mm -hmm. thumbnail, the, the angel who was sent angel, from Santa yeah. Claus uh, to uh, teach Mary Steenburgen's character. What the hell is her uh, uh, name now in the movie? Uh, Boys, I'm Ginny. just going to very quickly do a toilet stop. I'll be right back. Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. Oh, sure, okay. no yeah. sure, sure, Chris. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Darren already went. <laughs> Gatorade <laughs> bottle. i just here and do it. <laughs> That's it. So um, he basically, uh, so anyway, Ginny loses her two children and her husband in a car accident. They mm -hmm. die. And this is all done on purpose, essentially, to uh, to teach Mary. It sounds so awful. It, it really doesn't play out that way. It really doesn't play out that way. Um, she basically learns the importance of family and the meaning of Christmas. Like this is what it's a real Christmas movie. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. importance of family and love and loss and all this. And what is she going to do and how is she going to move on and all this kind of stuff. And she meets, you know, um, uh, Gideon, the, the angel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, Ginny Gideon, there's so many G's in here. And, uh, and then through the 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 process of the narrative, she learns to believe again, essentially, mm -hmm. because Gideon takes her, uh, this. I forget if it's the son or the daughter. Frank, do you remember? Is it the son the or the daughter? Is it both? It's the daughter. the daughter takes takes her to the North Pole to see Santa, mm -hmm. and and it's amazing what they did. What's really cool too is that we are used to uh, the elves being little people, right? Like you know, little small little elves. These elves are actually people. It's it's a cute thought, you know. It's a nice, it, it's a sweet thought that when you pass away, you might have an opportunity to go and work in Santa's workshop, mm -hmm. you know. And so all the elves in the workshop are, you know, able-bodied, grown, you know, regular height men and women, but have passed, 
you know. Is the shit a full crisp? <laughs> oh, I just had to empty it, but I was like in a phallic way. I was pretty proud of it, man. Nice. <laughs> in a phallic way. <laughs> Sorry, um, Dave. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I know I'm I'm going on here, but uh what's it and it's cool because she'll be like, hey, that's Mr. Johnson and that's Mr. So-and-so, you know, older people that are that are from, you know, that she knew or whatever that mm -hmm. passed away, and she meets Santa Claus and Santa Claus gives her a letter that Ginny wrote to Santa, that her mom wrote to Santa years and years and years ago when she was a little girl. And as the proof that Santa is real. So take this home to your mother and show your mother this and, you know, all that kind of stuff. She needs to believe. And once she believes in the spirit of Christmas and Santa and all that, she needs to believe again. It's all about believing again. And uh, then that belief uh, in in the spirit and in the season will bring her family back. Yep. And uh, so obviously it, it works and that's what happens. And and um, it's a it's a beautiful story. I mean, it is a, it's again, it sounds sort of very sort of, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the word morbid, I guess, on on paper. Oh, it is. But, it is. But, <laughs> but but it's a really good movie. And it's to, and he, this Santa Claus, my favorite Santa in any movie I've ever seen. He just is so mm -hmm. the part and the way he speaks. And I'll never forget when Mary. Steenbergen's character, she comes downstairs, she she hears something and she comes downstairs and she, and she looks into the living room and there is this guy, this big tall guy and the, the, the outfit and the beard and the, you know, everything. And he just turns and he goes, Merry Christmas. You know, and mm. she's just like, Merry Christmas. Like she, she now believes, you know what I mean? And it's, mm. it's, it's a sweet movie, you know? And, um, but yeah, it is about, you know, the family dying. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, you know but how they die, it's right? Weird. It's not. It's not really because of the car crash. It's from no. a botched. It's from a botched bank robbery. It's from a botched the, bank robbery. Everyone's right. losing their job around there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's horrible. Yeah. It's absolutely. Yeah, it is. And, it and is. Gideon's just sitting there watching everything on a lamppost and just being. Yeah. I wonder where I'm going <laughs> no, to get tree, in, in a tree. In a tree. In a tree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 I get the you know, the lesson, and then I think it's really cool that when she believes and she she finally sort of you know um commits to it and 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 does um her husband begins to walk down the street uh because mm -hmm. they had gone the night before i think the accident they went out for a walk and mm -hmm. then sort of it's almost like a bit of time travel as well that her husband kind of shows up and um and it's it's like he hadn't left and he's totally un i think he's totally unaware that anything yeah. ever yeah he doesn't happened, ever remember a thing you know? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He died, but the kids survived. Yeah, that's Gideon right. saved them. That's right. Mm. So the right. So the so the kids survived the car crash because they were saved by Gideon. Because I think she needed the kids for for, for you know as as that anchor for for that hope. Um, mm -hmm. But the belief brings back the husband. I think I've done an okay job at explaining. That. You did. You did very well. You got more. Sorry, I know more. I'm all over. But come on, fuck, let's go. Anyway, anyway, what did you guys think of it? If you've seen it, I I saw it um, years ago uh, as a kid. I think. Um, yeah. What year was it? Did it come out? 80s? 85. 85. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably around that time when it first came out. I saw it on the TV. I never saw it in the cinema. But I do remember uh, it, it, it is it does tug at the heartstrings, yeah. um, and I remember my I think my sister was a fan of it as well, 
Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, you talking about it, I couldn't have told you the plot, um, but you, you talking about it then brought a lot of it back for me. Um, and someone in the chat said, is that Gabriel Byrne in the end of days? No, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> no, it's Harry Dean Stanton, brain from Escape yeah. from New York. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is a, it is a, um, it, it is an emotional film. Uh, yeah. Chris, I have not heard of this film until today, so mm, but I'm okay. intrigued now because, especially when Dave, like you said, when there's a legit looking Santa. I think mm-hmm. that's what sells it the best. Like you said, it's not a pocky-faced teen. It's Santa. That's his real beard. Yep. So I'm intrigued now. I sounds it's like a, an interesting It's a sweet premise. movie. And and there's a very young, she's got a bit of a cameo. She's one of the kids' friends, uh, a very young Sarah Pauly um, okay. is, yeah. uh, is in this movie. Daniel Harris. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Sarah Pauly is Canadian, right? So she uh, she was uh, in this movie as a, I don't know, she was like 10, you know, or however, she, or however old she was. But yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a sweet movie. And, and it's, again, it does, it's not as morbid as, as it sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really sweet. But man, that Santa is fucking great. Mm-hmm. But he actually lives with the reindeer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mrs. Claus is great too when she's like, mm-hmm. "Come on, you know, Nicholas, I gotta gotta put the thing." And she puts the coat on him, and 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 it's not that like Coca Cola Santa suit, you know what I mean? It's like the it's the like a big it's like the okay. Saint Ola. Nicholas Santa suit, you know those mm-hmm. like like Father Christmas, you know Polish, you know mm. artist depictions of what Father you know, yeah. Christmas yeah. you know looked like. That's kind of like what the Santa suit. I mean, it's it's red and white to be fair, but it, it's he's got like this big coat on, and, and it's just like oh, it's it's beautiful. It's like ah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. It's not yeah, it's not uh, Coca Cola Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. Frank. Frank. Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> Absolutely love this movie. There you guys are. Babes in yeah, Toyland, which originally <laughs> there we are. Uh Babes in uh Babes in Toyland, which is really what it's called. Um of course Babes in Toyland is uh is, has many of films out there underneath that title. Uh but they changed it to March of the Wooden Soldiers. Laurel and Hardy steal this movie. It is an absolute gem, an absolute classic, played in the States on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Santa Claus is in it, and all it all it is is uh, you know, you got these nursery rhyme uh people actually live in this village mother goose's village and they're being taken over by barnaby uh by the by the boogeymen uh who have great big fangs and uh you sound like mustafa the mother goose fighting off the boogeyman i was waiting to say i was waiting for that i was waiting for that you can't you can't say the boogeyman now without you know saying it <laughs> and it has it has you know the three little pigs and any kind of mother goose nursery rhyme is in it and uh how do they save the day in typical laurel and hardy fashion they 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 start uh activating these like seven foot wooden soldiers to take on the the boogeyman and uh and uh i think it's like the moogie man or something like that it's not like the boogeyman it's something different um and uh it's it's just it's 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 one of the few movies from um 34 i believe that has still has a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes wow instant i've never seen it 
I I've never seen, seen it. I have either. to admit. No, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> but now <laughs> I will. For some, I will definitely. Yeah, will. if you're looking for some holiday fun, yeah, you know, and if you love Laurel and Hardy and their and their sweet comedy together, March of the Wooden Soldiers, you couldn't do you couldn't do any better. Can't do any cool. better. Very cool stuff. Excellent. Okay, right. and our final one is probably maybe a little bit divisive. I don't know. Um, this is my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Legs. <not> woke. Legs. <laughs> yes. Yes. I Fuck it. Yes. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um I think this is a this is a, a a great Christmas story of 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 you know these powerful witch witch powerful rich white men who adopt this um uh, this young black guy uh, and I don't think as an adopt is a good word. well they take him on they take him you know they don't mean yeah. literally adopt him they're not Madonna him for a for a, <laughs> for a dollar bet. Uh, and and you know I know there are people out there who will say that that the, the, the some of the humor in this film isn't you know particularly doesn't fit with today's standards or anything like that. But um, it's of its time. Um, I I still find it incredibly funny today. Whichever way you look about look at this uh, movie, it is a kind of fire. It is a kind of fairy tale, whereas. In the end, Eddie Murphy comes out on top, mm. and you know, it's it, it, obviously it put Jamie Lee Curtis more on the map. Um, it, it did Dan Aykroyd as well. I mean, Dan Aykroyd had a career anyway, but the combination of the three of them, um, along with what's the guy called now, Paul Gleason, Paul Gleason, mm. who plays Paul, the the um, oh yeah the yeah the, the, um, yeah. Hold on a minute. Fuck off. That guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I just think that this movie is a real Christmas treat. Um because it it it's it, it's it's the journey that 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 Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd go on in this film from rigs, from riches to rags and rags to riches. Meeks. Meeks is his name. Miggs. Meeks. Yeah. his name okay, yeah. Yeah. but it's Paul Gleason isn't it from Die Hard and um and um, the, the Breakfast Club. Mm. Is it Paul Gleason? Yeah, it's Paul Gleason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yep. yeah. People in the chat saying R.I.P. Paul Gleason. Um, I think it's a great Christmas story, and the the villains there sat in the car, Don Amici and and Ralph Bellamy, who actually reprised those roles in Coming to America years later, Ooh. didn't they? Mm-hmm. Before yeah. they um, before they passed. But um, I think it's a, I think it's a great Christmas fable. Yep. And um, it, like I said, there are some people that will disagree with some of the humor in this film and some of the terminology that's used. I, I'm not going to apologize for that. It's of its time. But it was one of the great comedies of the 80s. And mm. nowadays, uh, when you watch it, for me particularly, I, I still find it funny regardless of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the things that are in that film. It's fantastic. Mm. This is one of my favorite comedies, pure. Did we lose Dave? Period. And I make no. What's that? Am I still here? Yep, you're still there. there. Hello? You're there. You're there. there. I was just saying that this is one of my favorite comedies. And he's gone. Oh, he'll be back. Oh, hello. Hello. 
I noticed that everybody is doing that. We're all sort of on my end, all the cameras are, are turning off and doing a circle and then. Oh, really? Oh, they're, they're fine on, on my end. I see everybody else. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Oh, well, I guess. Uh, Power cut know. again, Dave. That's put another, put another 50 cents in the meter. That's <laughs> that stream yard saying, not this fucking verbose guy again. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to charge this guy. Um, no, it's one of my favorite comedies period. Um, and I make no apologies for it. It's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I, yeah. I watched it recently. I think last Christmas with, um, with my girl there and, and, uh, we howl. Hmm. Oh, and we lost her again. again. Great. It's Eddie Murphy at the height. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I back? You're back. back. You're back. Don't worry, Dave. It's we'll Eddie go through Murphy. it. So Keep I going. Cut. Okay. Yeah. It's Eddie Murphy at the height of his power, you know, well, mm-hmm. actually at the beginning of his power, but, yeah. but certainly, um, you know, you got trading places, 48 hours, Beverly Hills cop. I mean, he had a heck of a run there. And uh, he's fantastic. And in his twenties, only in his early twenties. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He doesn't. He, he feels like he's like later twenties, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah, he's like twenty one here. <laughs> it's insane. This is a real rug, Persian rug from Persia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that scene where he's kind of throwing that vase around as well, and he smashes yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we actually valued it at whatever amount of money so you're you're actually making money for us now you I want know. me to bring something else yeah. <laughs> I love I love uh, the party he throws and it gets out of hand even for him <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's too much yeah. even for him he's like come on everybody out what is this you know <laughs> it's, it's like, whereas like you know six months earlier he would have been the guy partying all night you know but now no no yeah. it's too much you know I'm a you know you know I'm a businessman now you know it's just it's so great it's not too cool to be a Jive turkey so close to Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's because you're a very white looking motherfucker. <laughs> How are you with this film, Chris? I love it. And like yeah. dad would always talk about it when I was a kid. Dad would just be walking through the house and you see my legs, my legs. I can't feel my legs. Yeah. <laughs> and one day I'm like, Dad, what the hell is this from? And he goes, I haven't just seen Trading Place. I'm like, no. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go get the VHS. I'm going to go rent it and we're going to watch it. We watched it. Absolutely loved it. Again, it's like Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Lee Curtis, just prime prime. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you guys said, he's so young. He did so much and accomplished so much in his twenties that he, you'd think he was in his thirties with what he was doing with his career back then. Yeah. Like with delirious raw, mm. all that stuff it was just yeah. great. A crazy decade for him. Um, but I love it. Um, despite what people say about it now, I think that's just, silliness mm-hmm. um but i i just think it's just such a great damn little yeah. movie it's yeah. brilliant it is and and don amici yeah. had a problem with one line in this movie and that's mortimer your brother fuck him <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. that's right my brother fuck it yeah that's right that's right because you didn't want to swear right you didn't want to swear at all mm. yeah <laughs> so he said i'm gonna do it once and it better be the one you're gonna use because i'm not gonna say it at all so it's right. one take, and that's that's the one he would they. It's the only one they went with. It's the only thing they could do. Was it a moral <laughs> thing for this. him? <laughs> like he just didn't want to say the word. Was it like he was a, religious, wasn't he? Yeah, was he? Yeah. yeah, he was okay. very religious, and uh, he um, said, "I'm only going to say it once. It's against what I believe in, and if you don't get it, you don't get it." I wonder yeah. if 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 he 
had said no for sure. Like, no, I'm not. I wonder if he would have been okay with, you know, screw him. Yeah. Or damn him or well, hell with him or something. There was, that's the thing as well is that he was, uh, he was really, really stressing out over dropping an F bomb, but he drops a few, um, racial slurs during the movie, which he seems quite comfortable with. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is true. That's a very good point, Darren. That is a very good point. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. totally fine with that. <laughs> Jesus. But um, uh, Rosie's just said something that really makes me laugh. And you only, <laughs> it's so stupid in the film. Look at the escargot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or, That's or remember, uh, uh, and with uh, Winthorpe, you know, he's eating the salmon through his beard of the Santa suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's the way Aykroyd is like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dog pissing on his leg. <laughs> yeah, doesn't care. But Raw we all agree salmon. this is this is a Christmas movie, right? Christmas yeah. setting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christmas yeah. setting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Looking good, Belly Ray. <laughs> yeah, at the very end. <laughs> Feeling good, Lewis. <laughs> a great. great movie. And, and a I lot think, of yeah, you're right. The, Don, the yeah. Don Amici moment when he, when he turns around and says, Mortimer, your brother's dying. Fuck him. <laughs> no, fuck brilliant. him. <laughs> <laughs> That's all his money's care. going. It's brilliant. <laughs> you and your Nobel Prize. You idiot. <laughs> all over a dollar. <laughs> One Jesus. dollar. Same as usual. Good to me. I want to go watch it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You gotta stuff. get the you gotta get the GI Joe with the kung fu the, the kung fu grip. <laughs> <laughs> did, did anybody see the the trailer for the new Eddie Murphy film this week? It's a teaser. I um, saw it. The, no. the you people, is it called? Yes. Yeah, with Jonah Hill. It's yeah. a new Netflix film that's coming out in January, I believe. Because I know he's filming Beverly Hills Cop 4. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even Judge, on Amazon, Judge Reinhold's in that one. He's back in yes. that one. So and is John uh, Ashton. fucking Taggart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mogamil, yeah. I think, might even be in there. He's like 106. But, it, but he wasn't that old in <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. It's kind of a Sheriff Brackett thing here. Look, Sheriff Brackett <laughs> in Halloween was 39. <laughs> Taggart. <laughs> Was Taggart. he 39 in the first Halloween? Yeah. He was 50. Yeah. Dude, what is it with everyone looking older back then? It was just a diet <laughs> of cigarettes and cheeseburgers. <laughs> cigarettes John and Ashton, John Ashton, who played Taggart, <laughs> is 74 years old. Beverly Hills Cop is nearly 40 years old, which wow. means that John 30s. Ashton was in his early 30s when he made that. <laughs> That's insane. No. That's nuts, no. isn't it? That's, no, I refuse nuts. to believe this. So he would have filmed that movie in 1983, let's say, which is 40 years uh, next Hang on, I'm year. good. That's oh, cool. Because, yeah, the first one was 84. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. So yeah, he, was, he, he would have been 35. Oh. <sighs> He took, it looks like he's 40 something. <laughs> I don't and, know. Okay, hang on a sec. He was 35. Judge That's Reinhold he, was 10, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. He, he was actually 26. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We're not going to fall and, off a and, 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 
as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Cody says, um, Bronson Pinchot is is coming back as Serge in I Beverly Hills Cop. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to a lemon twist? I I I think it'll be a lot of fun, but I honestly, it's for people. You know, it's for people our age, for people in that 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 are great subscribers, all that kind of stuff. I can't see it getting a new audience. Mm-mm. The Beverly Hills Cop, very nostalgic mm. thing. Um, I got the Bad Boys thing the last time round because they introduced a new bunch of of characters into that. They were part of number three yet. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Um, yeah, but Beverly Hills Cop, when they're bringing back all these seventy-year-old guys to be part of it, I mm. wonder if um, if Ronnie Cox will be in it. Oh, yeah, God, they to wheel him out, Darren. <laughs> I said he's 106. Oh. If they can get him off his guitar. Um, well, what I wonder, there's too. There's a banjo is, in it. <laughs> listen, it, it's not that Beverly Hills Cop was like watching Eddie Murphy's Raw or Delirious, mm-hmm. but, you know, it is a comedy. It's, it's, an, it's an R-rated comedy. I think it was back then and because of certain words and things that were used and and I'm not saying that they have to go f- I mean the only and it's and and it's the same problem that you had with coming to America mm-hmm. um you know it makes me wonder I mean if you're not going to go there it's it's part of I mean if you know is it I don't know is it going to be soft comedy you know is it going to be just you know, I'm, I'm I, not saying woke, well, but I just mean like with, like not going there, and 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 well, I think, sorry, go but ahead. The thing with 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 coming to America too was that that was a Paramount movie, which was then sold onto Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and so it was a movie that was finished and done, and it was it was shot to be a PG-13, and 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 that's that. With Netflix, right. um, directors of Netflix movies have final cut. That's mm, what they okay. allow their directors to do. So you would hope that um, that Beverly Hills Cop Four is a R-rated movie. Why would you make it for a, a younger audience for a streaming service? It doesn't. That's okay. That's yeah. that's good to know because because it's so it's so part of the identity of the of the of the first one especially and the second mm-hmm. one the third one we don't want to talk about but you know those first two movies especially I mean you don't don't want to you know you want to have Ed, and i know he's he's in his 60s now but you want to see him walk into somewhere pretending to be you know to to do his thing to put on a voice and a character say something that mm-hmm. makes you go Ooh. <laughs> you know what you want that that's part of eddie murphy that's part of axel foley um i don't want a a, a wiser you know softer axel foley you know i don't want Axel Schrockholzer. Yeah, yeah, no, I want I want Axel Foley, you know. And yeah. and I understand yeah. that I might have to suspend my disbelief because why the hell is he still in that Detroit Lions jacket? <laughs> and why and and you know, and certainly he can't still be a cop, you know, or I mean, maybe he's a retired cop and something happens that brings him back because it's personal, you know, or something. And and that's fine. And you know, and that's all you need, but you you want that Beverly Hills cop comedy yeah, there because like you said, Darren, because if not, then what's the point? Yeah, I mean, Rosie brought up a, a funny scene that they're probably not going to do is where he goes to meet Victor at the restaurant, and he, and he says, "Go over there, tell tell Victor that I've contracted herpes simplex ten, and he should get <laughs> himself right. checked That's out." That's right. 
And he goes, the, you That's should go right. tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You and probably course, won't have that now, in there. <laughs> well, no, because obviously it's clear. I mean, it's the eighties, right? And mm -hmm. Eddie Murphy is pretending to be gay, right? You know, and, and, and so there's a, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But that's the point we're making is that that was part of what made Beverly Hills Cop funny. Mm. Um, and, you know, if Eddie's not cracking one lines and, and doing funny voices and pretending to be certain characters in certain situations and he's just playing it straight the whole movie. I don't know. I, well, I, you know I, as we all say, it's acting within acting. Mm. It ain't their real lives. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. I think well, that's I why I've seen the the third one. Um, and I only watched a Joe Blow video about it a few like a month or so ago of just about what a shit show it was. And yeah. I always remember seeing it, the VHS. I'm like, this doesn't look right. The first two look like they belong together. The third one looks like the black sheep. Yeah. Um, so I, I I only just heard it just he his heart wasn't in it, and everyone's like, that's not Axel Foley. Yeah. But also, the um, there was a lot of animosity between him and John Landis as well at the time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. After the well, it was a lot of it was to do with um, what happened with Landis on the set of Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. um, I think they were, yep, oh, three people nastily. And footage is out there, Chris, if you want to watch. Yeah, it. yeah. There's oh. a documentary on Shudder about it, um, and it was it was basically a, a helicopter crash that happened. Uh, and it, it, the helicopter rotor blades landed on top of Vic Morrow, um, and he was holding two kids in his arms um, when it happened, and it basically just just diced oh them up on set. Oh, my God. No. And, and Landis um, was tried for it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was a whole messy, messy business, and nobody wanted to work with Landis, and everybody was very bitter, and I think they got thrust together to do Beverly Hills Cop three mm. um it's kind of about six or seven years later and there, there was still you know a lot of um animosity towards him oh, it's, it's a horrible story it's that's gut-wrenching the documentary mm. on shudder is just horrible because the thing i mean we've we've all seen well most people have seen that know about it have probably seen the footage on youtube and stuff but you never expected them to show it on this documentary and show it in in a in a uh, with with some angles that that have never been shown before it was just horrific detailed it's it's it's, yeah. it's so graphic it's just horrible oh, and the parents God. of the kids were on set watching as well which is oh just, that's yeah nah, that's yeah. not it, it's awful. it's just horrible they're breaking this some laws and everything didn't it well, yeah, it all started with Alf. Where's, where's Alf? Hey, let's get Alf back. You're saying I'm going dark here. What the hell? <laughs> Helicopter blades and children? Like, geez. At least my way to start alien. the merry year, right? <laughs> hey, at least I had a cute alien in mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking to a dying kid and giving birth, uh, helping some lady give <laughs> birth <laughs> with that nose so close to her intimate parts, huh, yep. Dave? Hey, he saved a man from suicide, okay? Yeah, off a four-foot bridge. That's right. <laughs> We've been going for three hours now. Wow. So it's one wow. fifteen in the morning here, so I'm Holy gonna have to go shit. soon. But yeah, before before we do, I think and Chris um, is gonna have lunch. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. Go work out. Go run on the beach on the sunny Christmas. 
<laughs> Chris, what have you got? What have you got going on? I know you've been doing a lot of that kind of Batman stuff recently with the cosplay and the, so, the yeah, video the Batman that you shot. Stuff is done. This coming week's video is going to be a custom collectible on the amp suit from Avatar. Cool. Oh, uh, wow. so I'm going to be repainting that and doing a little base that is very reminiscent of Pandora. And the cool thing is, I went to my local pet store and got aquarium uh, setting pieces because they all have the purple looking plants and i'm like that looks like pandora and they've got yeah. stuff that looks like the jellyfish plants i'm like perfect so that's this week apart from that just wrapping up for the year i've got you know orders on my etsy store i do the michael myers hands still they're still going mm-hmm. strong have you got one handy there just to kind of poke i don't but camera? i do have this that i'm sending to james and chelsea from dead meat it's um the part one freddy bus but i did a bronze looks version fantastic. of the oh. uh, patinas um so yeah just kind of wrapping up for the year just want to have a bit of forced relaxation and just Wait, do what you still I have christmas shopping to go pardon you still have christmas shopping to go oh i do like out my, my local westfield's five minutes from here i may as well walk because you're not fucking getting a car park it's, <laughs> it, it's like we're in the simpsons when homer parks and he's right at home again and like, <laughs> hey, Dad. he's like yeah 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 yeah. They gave me these roller skates. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Um, I still have to do my Christmas shopping. Typical bloke, just last minute. Yeah. yeah. When in doubt, yeah. gift card. Yes. That's right. That's right. Cash. Yep. Cash. Check. Everybody Check. should Check. pop over Check. to. to- everybody should pop over to cosplay chris's youtube channel and and, mm-hmm. and check it out he's got, especially if you like halloween and freddie all that kind of stuff because chris is a huge elm street and halloween fan he's got some amazing videos on there of some of the mm-hmm. work that he's done um and ma- really the masks cool. behind you would you show the, the the a couple of those masks there yeah sure so i'm sure our guys I, uh, would be here's one i painted for the uh halloween ends custom collectible um, so, yeah, they're all the trick-or-treat studios awesome. ones. I painted this one. The Halloween uh, Kills one is by Simon Brandolino. And then we've got the H40, which is by Seven Sins. And the cool thing is he includes an evidence tag on it and everything. Wow. Um, Excellent. It's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I love all that. Like when people put in that little bit of effort, it's just like that those Easter egg details. details. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> got Chucky up there. Got the Elm Street house. Um, I've got oh, – Dave, you'll love this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you this. This is my Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare vinyl that Robert, <laughs> that Robert signed for me to Chris from DJ Freddy. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Screaming while the boss is in motion. That's <laughs> a fucking loser. That's cool, though. That's 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 really cool. That's really cool. Uh, and how about you, Dave? What what's coming up with you at the moment? Uh, well, things have been, uh, as a lot of, you know, on, on my channel, um, I just, uh, about a month or so ago, I finished shooting Dylan's new nightmare, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, that, that movie is in post-production. Um, I'm not a producer on that. I'm just an actor. So I, I, I'm not involved in the post, uh, on that, although they do include me in a lot of the updates and things like that. We have a text thread that uh that we're all on so i i get to kind of know what's happening which is which is cool and i think i'll be part of the post on some level like maybe with some adr that might need to be done or maybe some audio work or something who knows but um but it but uh, but but that was a big you know a big deal that that happened uh, about a month ago and then 
over the last uh, few weeks, I've just been uh, really neck deep into uh, development on its Me Billy Chapter 2. Uh, we want to launch the Indiegogo campaign this coming spring. Don't have an exact date yet, but we will very soon. Um, so Bruce and I are hard at work on the script. The script is almost done. Um, I would say we're about three quarters of the way through and, um, and we're just in the development of that, you know, while we're doing the script, we're also talking about, you know, certain things of how to do what we want to do in the script and what props we'll need and cast and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, it's taking up a lot of time. I know on my channel, I've kind of been kind of, you know, all over the place for the last few weeks, but, but that's only why it's just, that needs my my undivided attention to kind of mm. get that mm -hmm. uh that taken care of so um so there's that which is a big thing and uh we hope everybody comes out and and supports the film in the spring on indiegogo um i was asked a question the other day they said has it begun filming yet and i said no 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 it hasn't be <laughs> hasn't begun filming yet um uh, it will only start filming when we can raise the budget so hopefully mm. we'll be able to do that uh once the indiegogo campaign uh, launches. And then, uh, I still, of course have, you know, the two dude show I do with, uh, with Tony every Monday night at 6 PM. It's just a, you know, laid back sort of two guys hanging out, talking movies, watching films, things like that. Um, and I do have like, because the Halloween stuff is now sort of behind us, it's nice to have a Halloween break. Um, there are other things I want to talk about. Like I do want to talk about Indiana Jones five. Of course, when I do see, I know I'm a horror channel predominantly, but you know, there's things I want to talk about like avatar and Indiana Jones and Beverly Hills cop four. You reminded me actually, when you mentioned, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I want to talk about that. Um, and other horror shit that's going to come down like scream six and all that kind of mm. stuff. Obviously I will, I will talk about and other stuff that comes down that I know, Frank, I know I'm there with you. I'm uh, the, the only the only scream i really like is the first one but uh but it's fun to talk about and um so you know there's things there's things that will be happening but uh you know when you are trying to make another movie it does take up a lot of time so if i may ask dave after obviously without giving anything away after you wrapped dylan's new nightmare was it hard to come down off that were you like still wired as Freddy or as soon as you yell cut, were you like they yell cut your rap, were you exhausted where you've come down off exerting so much energy or did it take you a while to like wean off playing Freddy, I guess, so to speak? Yeah. Do, do you mean after like a take or after we've wrapped? No, after you wrap. So after you're after done, you're done, dusted, makeup's off, you're heading home. No, it didn't really. I, I, um, I can't speak f for everybody, but there, there are certain actors and it would, it would depend on the role you're playing. Uh, certain actors need that 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 time to get into character and and need you know you know they need to kind of go away and really get into it and rehearse and practice and then they might need that decompressing time to come down. With Freddie and I might need that with a certain character. I don't know, but with Freddie, I'm so I, I was so comfortable in the role. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know it sounds like a cop out to say this, but it's like I was born to play it. You know, you understood I, the assignment. I understood the assignment. I understood, you know, the nuances of the character and I could turn it on and turn it off. So, um, one minute I'm talking to you like Dave about the scene. And then, you know, when action starts, you know, I'm into it. And then when it's cut, I'm out of it. So, yeah. um, 
maybe I would be more exhausted and kind of like, okay, you know, I'm ready to go home if it was a feature and I was in the makeup like 30 times in, you know, six weeks, but it was mm. a six day shoot. I was in the makeup three times. Mm, so okay. now they were full days. They were like, yeah. you know, 12 hour days, but, um, but I felt very comfortable. So it was, it was, it was, it, you know, it was a long week. It was tiring, yeah. but it was a lot of fun. That's I've so noticed that it, sorry, Chris. No, no, go, go, man. I've noticed, Dave, that that's leading up to and post playing Freddy in Dylan's New Nightmare, you don't do the voice anymore. Is there a conscious effort not to do that now? I don't do the voice anymore. The Freddy voice. You would break into it kind of spontaneously now and again. I did it here um, on the show. Oh, did Today, you? I didn't hear that. Oh, you made. Yeah, when you showed, I went no screaming while the boss is in motion. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe I said I that when that he showed then, the. The friend. Well, cause he went to the me. bathroom. <laughs> well, that's, that's that. Like I, I, yeah, I'm, I, that's caricature me, right? You know, mm. that's 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 karaoke, Freddie. You mm. know, that's me. Be you know, and uh, the and I'm not saying that it's it's a complete 180 from what I. You know, obviously, I'm not saying no screaming while the bus is in motion in the film, but um, yeah, no, I, I. I don't, that's a good question. I don't know if I'm conscious of that or not. Now you've brought it to my conscious mind. So now I don't, I'm not but really no, sure. But no, I mean, like, I think I asked you this privately, I think. Um, is there a difference between the way that you um, portray Freddie, like, say, on your show, you know, with these impressions that you do, to what you've done in the film? Is there is there a, an audible difference? Is have there you an audible taken, difference? Have you, made it, have you made it your own? Is it different to what we see you doing when you're larking about. I, I, I think so. I, I think it's because I'm, I'm not just, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not farting around, you know, mm. I'm, I'm dialed into a script. I'm dialed into a scene, you know, you're, you're, you're on set, you're opposite another, you know, character and, 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 and you are focused on sort of the moment and the role. So it's not like, you know, my voice is, is a complete 180. It, it's still, it, it's, it's, it's the same, um, spirit, but I've done, but with the makeup and with the performance and with the body language, like it's, mm -hmm. it's a whole, it's not a guy in a baseball cap going, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah, a, there's a whole yeah. different dimension to it mm -hmm. when you add the incredible work from Mikey Rotella and Nora Hewitt. And then of course the costume and the hat and, sure, you sure. know, the setting and everything, it just, it's, it's very different, you cool. know? Um, and cool. I'm not, Oh, damn you first. Playing. I'm not playing. I'm actually now <laughs> performing. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's not, it's not like, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like our Mustafa Akata impression. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. Well, hello, Dylan. It's not. <laughs> no. Well, thank you both for joining us. Today. Thank you guys very a, much. It's been thank our longest you. show ever. Thank you and for, it, for, for having me. It didn't awesome. feel like it at all. It didn't feel no, like it went three, quick. three hours quarter show. That's it just did. fantastic. Um, Amazing, Frank. What have we got? Uh, have we're going to watch the. Uh, we're going to be watching France uh, win the World Cup. Uh, sorry, I, yeah, do you know what I said to Zoe? I said, <laughs> you know, I'm going on the channel now with three other people who have all been knocked out of the World Cup. And uh, I'm sure at some point they're going to give me some stick for this. I thought I'd got away with it. <laughs> Sorry, World Cup? 
What? <laughs> yeah. what, what? I'm Canada, man. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Robbed. <laughs> we were robbed. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, we've got, we've got, we're going to do Wolfen, aren't we? We're going to, I'm going to finally start tomorrow on Hellraiser, Hell on Earth. Mm-hmm. I've been oh. so busy with work. Uh, I haven't had a chance to cut it all together yet, but I'm going to do it tomorrow and hopefully get it out late tomorrow night um, and then out on YouTube on Monday. Tomorrow night for the patrons, YouTube on Monday. I've got to do it. Um, also, Frank and I are planning because we're conscious about the fact that we haven't done any pre recorded, well, We've done pre-recorded, not a great deal of pre-recorded content recently. We are planning uh, to do a watch-along for the Patreons and the YouTube members. So a poll will go up soon um, with with some choices of some movies that we, we mm-hmm. can do as a watch-along exclusive for, uh, for those guys. Um, that's about it for now, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Folks, de- de- December's a very... Uh, you know, very slumber and 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 uh, mm. and it, nobody really wants to do anything in December because uh, mm. <laughs> the holidays, uh, you know, are very they, they take up our time, don't they? they Christmas do. yeah. and yeah. New Year's and running about and everything. And uh, but yeah, we got stuff coming out. I think we're actually yeah. gonna do some more Halloween content because we thought we, we have stuff we, we have do. one final oh. Halloween episode to do, don't we? We've also got yeah. a few super, super chats that somebody just reminded Best, me of. Best uh, Loomis uh, walking with cane moments. Hello, Jeff Hill sends in twenty pounds. Uh, it's twenty dollars and says, "Great job, love the show." Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Dave Jeff and Chris. Still. Made it. They made the show today. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was great, and I hope we can do wow. it again at some team point. Effort, I really boys, do. Team effort. <laughs> yep. Uh, Cody Snyder sends in five dollars. Says, "Keep going, Darren. Come on, Captain. Darren's tired. Fucking one thirty, mate." <laughs> Um, it's fucking February where Darren is right now. Like, come yeah, on. Exactly, yeah. And your buddy, Chris, I didn't know you were friends with Reese Wilson until you told me in, uh, about it a few weeks yeah. ago. It's a small country. It is. <laughs> it's very yeah. tidy. Reese uh, sends in fourteen ninety nine Australian dollars and says, miss this. Damn, I got burnt at the beach instead. Here's some dollary dues, lads. Burnt. <laughs> burnt at the Reece beach where the, the three yeah, of Reece us are shivering our man. ass off. Reese is uh, my fellow Indiana Jones uh, fan, so it's great. <laughs> he pushed you I to the guy who made that fedora, right? He, he told you the guy who made it? Uh, yes, I believe he did. Great hat, though. That was a great uh, – and uh, if you want something like that, and Chris, you probably know, you want something authentic, it is not cheap. Don't make no, me pull it out. No, especially when you go to, like, same make and model stuff, it's – crazy um yeah. yeah i met reese 2014 i think it was reese uh interviewed him at um oz comic-con here i had a microphone and everything i had a suit and i was like interviewing people and Re- reese was dressed as deadpool and then uh darren i showed you where uh, reese and i a uh, year and a bit ago did a romeo and juliet fan film like the baz lerman romeo mm. and juliet a friend mm-hmm. of ours a mutual friend of ours is a big fan of the baz lerman film so we shot a fan film called the boys and very reminiscent of that quick cut editing zooming of mm. the baz is famous for so we're wait reese we've actually got to do uh, adr for that because there was a script written in, in the way it was uh, like with romeo and juliet just the shakespearean uh wording so we've still got to do that but um yeah, like like Reese said, it is so hot here today. It's like you just said he got burnt. So like I've only been inside. As soon as I go outside, I'll start cooking. 
<laughs> and Jealous. Chris is sat in shorts at the moment. He did show us <laughs> earlier on. I'm no longer wearing shorts. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you he's go to the bathroom, you just naked. take it all off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Buck naked. <laughs> I've been sitting here buck naked from the bottom down the whole time. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure uh, Reese and Chris, you have made our friends up in Buffalo very jealous, considering they got six feet of snow not too long ago. Um, so nobody knows what that would be like, except for me and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys are lucky because nothing, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. everything in England is like a Dickens Christmas. You a bunch <laughs> of liars. It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll be it. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go off. Dare's going to sleep. I'm gonna have dinner. Chris is going for a jog, and Dave, I don't know what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna take a shit oh. or something. Oh, okay. You're gonna do one of those. Okay. <laughs> I did. nice nice my uh shitter into the into the sewer here yeah there you go (laughs) so on that note ladies and gentlemen we'll make sure dave takes care of that as always stick to the roads and the best of luck cheers everyone see you later guys bye-bye